Well, hello. Or hello, for those so inclined. Welcome to Series 2 of Out of the Broom Cupboard, an educational behind-the-scenes podcast talking about what it takes to make kids' TV, live entertainment, present, produce, puppeteer, etc. I'm Chris Johnson. Those who grew up watching the CBBC office or had it on in the background in their house may know me as Yonko or that bloke sat next to the talking dog. In this show, if you've not heard it before, I sit down with a guest, usually in person, to discuss their career, how they ended up working within children's entertainment, what it's like working on live TV, presenting, puppeteering, producing, etc. Normally the show would be, as I say, a sit down with another guest, but this year something happened and that isn't possible. For the sake of safety, I decided not to pursue, even out of the first lockdown of 2020, in-person interviews just yet. But as the clock ticked on throughout the year and things didn't seem to change, the time capsule style of this show, which I wanted it to be, was going to be less likely to continue. I approached my patrons, patreon.com slash OOTBC, help produce the show, get a bunch of perks, uh, and asked them, shall we make the episodes remotely? We all came to the agreement that yes, that was the best course of action. And so, instead of 13 episodes in series one, 13 episodes series two, etc., series one is 10 episodes. If you haven't heard them, go check them out. A wonderful, wonderful batch of guests. Series two is five episodes, all recorded from home. So each and every guest involved in this and myself were not in, per- in person with each other. We weren't transmitting germs or trying to talk through masks or anything like that. We were recording from home, which means the series got made much quicker than usual. And the third series, of which there will be one, will be made in a similar fashion in the new year. But as for series two, who am I going to talk to? The guest list is already out there. I can't tease anything here, so I may as well just confirm. Coming up this series we have the wonderful newsreader Aisha Tull, the dazzling actor man Bobby Lockwood, the sensational TV presenter and DJ combo that is Lauren Layfield, and the marvellous man show running machine extraordinaire that is Russell T Davies. But coming up in this first episode is the gorgeous Inel Tomlinson. This man is a quadruple threat. Inel is a comedian, a podcaster, Press X to continue. A new series about video games is available to listen to on BBC Sounds, of which he is one of the regular panel. He's a sketch writer. He's a sketch performer. He's a Twitch streamer. He's also an expert Mario Kart player, but we're getting off on a tangent. If you watched my era of the CBBC office, you may be familiar with Inel as one half of Johnny and Inel, who, of course, together as a double act, had a sketch show, presented on other shows, appeared on other shows, and we're going to get into all of that. As this is the first remote recording, despite our rather professional setups, there are a few technical hitches. So headphone users, beware it does get a little peaky. But however you're listening to the show, I appreciate you for being here. Thank you so much for checking it out. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Out of the Broom Cupboard Series 2. Obviously this year it's kind of can't get through it. To be fair, this year's probably been the most active Yeah, I mean well it's it's good because like this this industry's incredibly uncertain this year. I mean a lot of things are uncertain this year, but this industry's been really hard hit. So the fact that you you know, you you've you've carved a path in that way that like you can keep walking. You know the one thing though, I I feel more motivated if I have to journey to a place to like the travel for me is part of the gig. Like sometimes like not all the time. But like Hmm. like me like it mentally prepares me to like right, I've got to be on my A game, I've got to be ready for this sort of thing. 
Whereas working from home is just like roll out of bed, all right, press record, let's go. Oh, oh sorry. I didn't do my warm-up <laughs> exercises. Oh, ooh, croaking that the is, voice. Oh my that god. That is something I'm not disciplined enough to keep up with. Whenever I whenever I do a, a, a read or send off for an audition for a voice thing from home, mm. I always after I've sent it go, I didn't warm up. I did why didn't I warm up? Like what the hell? Oh, don't worry about it, dude. And no again, way. it's attitude, isn't it? You, you're attitude, at home yeah. and you. That's you what feel I mean. Chill. So like when I have to travel somewhere, it's 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 a lot nicer because then I'm I'm reading the script on the train or or in a cab or whatever, and I'm like, okay, making sure I'm in the zone. I'm like, okay, all right, practicing the different voices if it's like slightly different to my own. And then once I'm in there, I'm like, yo, I'm ready. I've been doing this for the last hour. Like, <laughs> so like let's go. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared. I've yeah, done my warm It's like nine in the morning. It's like, you got to do this voice. Uh, uh, you're, you're, it's like an action game. You sound like a lizard. And then it's like, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, is that what you guys for? <laughs> Well, we've technically warmed up because uh, we started. Uh, we started the podcast. Um, I said loads of lovely things about you in the introduction, so future Chris oh, can take care of that. Much. I love future but Chris. Future Chris is a great guy. He's he's good. He's he's, he's figured I, out I what he's what, doing with his facial hair. Got a lot of love. Got a lot of time for future Chris. Mm. It's hard to hard to hard to visit him though. Like I never quite pin down. Like he, he always keeps moving. I keep trying to like set a date. Yeah. And then he's always, ah, I'm going to have to put it back. I'm going to have to put it back. But, you know, he's a busy man. What can you say? What can you do? He's official like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could, I could technically could put a stop to future Chris's career. <laughs> why, would you I... be, why would you want to be that guy, though? Why would you want to be that guy? He's like, you know, Chris put an end to Chris's career. Oh, you know, past Chris. He's, he's been meddling in future Chris's oh, Don't like it. Don't affairs. like it. He got all timey-wimey. He went to, he saw Tenet in the cinema and then he got all ahead of himself. <laughs> <laughs> but only in IMAX because you know you can't watch it any other way you have to oh watch yeah of course IMAX. that's what in IMAX you have to it's a Nolan film you gotta see that in you gotta see that in IMAX don't don't walk about come on this I mean speaking of IMAX this is the, the uh, people keeping track with production codes and that kind of thing because yeah nah there are very nerdy people out there and some of them definitely listen to this that's why they listen to TV production podcasts mm. um, in case you're wondering this is the first recorded of this series so this is the first time this show is being made remotely Ooh. over like skype this is this is very odd in an ideal world were this the season two of the alternate timeline 2020 i would be sat in that glorious room with you right now Ooh. um getting distracted during the interview because i'd just be like right hang on are those are those records what are those what, what have you got over there i got oh my god yeah <laughs> that, that is an impressive collection like i am i am in awe of what i see right now they're not all mine <laughs> that is an impressive someone else's collection else i am in there. awe <laughs> have you have a bunch of them like what inherited friends like uh, some of them are my yeah. brothers uh i think most of them are my brothers yeah um but like because he's a dj and so um ah storing, right storing vinyl is is very difficult it's, um especially in like living in london like where space is super limited i used to pay 900 pounds to basically just live on a couch next to a sink near a grill and that was my flat mm -hmm. so i i completely understand the need for extra storage space mm -hmm. in this room there's a whole there's a stack of magazines and a shelving unit just off camera to my left yeah that's full of uh Basically, almost every issue of Doctor Who magazine ever published, uh, ever published, that my my best mate's dad. I don't say that on air. <laughs> oh, sorry. That way, that <laughs> they're in various. Watch out. <laughs> they're in various states of quality, but you know, 
Um, they're all here because my best mate's dad went. We don't have any room for these. Chris, you, you like Doctor Who magazine, don't you? I went, I mean, I used to work for him. And he's like, yeah, cool. If I bring around five boxes, See? <laughs> will you keep them in your Everyone house? uses each other for storage. It's, it's just how it is. If you're passionate about media, people go, you're that guy. Hey, here's this thing. Um, which is why this podcast exists, because there are people listening who want to know about this world, and and, and specifically in that, the Broomcombs case, kids entertainment. And and we, our paths have intertwined a couple times. I was trying to work it out the other day. I was like, how many times have we worked together on screen? Because we share like a fair few credits, but we've only actually worked together on screen in two different shows. Is it? Uh, that's true. We we Is we. Uh, what were they? So the first time we met was was one, uh, which was press for the Johnny Nine L show yes, on CBC. It was. I remember that. Um, getting to getting you two to sit on those incredibly uncomfortable stools that they always wheeled out for the guests, <laughs> which I always felt really bad about because I'm like, right, you guys are like six foot off the ground on these stools while I'm sat here on this big plush hey, orange I'm, I'll be cartoon with you, though, chair. I'm forever thankful for you for that as well because you you made it incredibly easy for us to kind of. Oh, uh, we'd never done like a like a live thing like that before. That was the first time, like outside of like stand up and things like that. Uh, in, I'm talking like in regards to uh, doing live broadcast, live broadcast. Yeah, yeah, that was the first one, and like you, you made it seem so easy. Seeing you do it because like I remember like you guys do several rehearsals and stuff before like you do the live take, and you would just like be ace in it. You just like like you, you smashed rehearsal. And it's like, was was that it? Was that rehearsal? Was that was the main thing? I was, like, I didn't even know. And like, I was like, wow. And like watching you work, I was like, I was very impressed. It made me think, right, we got to step up, gamer. Not like we were being lazy, but like, no, no, not at all. But I, I know what you mean. Like, a lot of our role in in presentation was very much to like, even though we were there doing scripts, even though we we're there obviously the pump yeah. out material and sketches, we're also. Um, we're also really the host to whoever is a guest in studio. Yeah. Like you've, you, in all these things, you've got, of course, you know, makeup, you'll have the runner, you'll have the floor manager who makes sure everyone's mm. okay. But ultimately you're as a guest in, in the hands of human and or puppet. Yeah. Like they're the ones who are sort of like, right, we're steering the, puppet, the ship. So, you know. we've, oh no. <laughs> never, never trust a man who lies down all day for a job. Um, so Watching we me were, through uh, a monitor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, spaghettiing his legs twixt mine. Um, so, who so like, <laughs> What was that? Oh, it's, oh, it's just one of several gentlemen under the desk. Um, so we... <laughs> So like I, I always was very conscious of like we've got to make our guests feel comfortable like we've we've got to you know yeah. we, it, you have confidence that we'll make the link work. Mm-hmm. You guys just enjoy the ride. We'll rehearse as much as you need for the scripted bits because obviously with CBBC you have guests of varying ages. Yeah, very as well. Like a lot of young actors would appear as well, um, and 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 occasionally like if they did a documentary or or a reality TV kind of show concept, they'd bring in kids who participated in stuff like that. So you got to be you got to be comforting you've got to be reassuring i know i loved it because like especially in terms of you working with <laughs> i guess puppets they always tend to go off script whoever you're kind of working with and so mm. seeing you kind of improv uh like at like that and you were quite young when i met you what, what how old were you when i met you so, so johnny nine else just 2012 series yeah one? it was around 2012 so i was 21 21 see you were 21, 21. years old Improving on live TV, no, no ums, no ers, no buts. I was like, yeah, this guy Chris, we gotta watch out for him. He's gonna take our jobs. What you watch out? <laughs> He's official. He's got I it. I like He's him, official. but boy, we gotta, you know, keep my, 
keep the enemies close. You know. <laughs> well, I mean, but I mean, I mean, you you say that in terms of like me being sort of you know like looking like I've got it, but but and again, I came from theatre. Like that's that's what yeah. I started doing. So I get what you mean. Like the first time you do live broadcasting, you go, "This is weird." Mm. I the, the next time I worked on a CBBC thing where I felt really out of my comfort zone was, funnily enough, the second time we shared a credit, uh, working together properly, which was uh, The Dog Ate My Homework. We did a couple of episodes of that yes. together. Yes. In 2014, 2015, around then. And that, to me, was terrifying because suddenly I'm presenter boy in a room with a lot of comedians. Really? Was and you? also a kid I who needs like super reassuring. Or did you I put felt... that kind of facade up and you're like, all right, let me put myself as being confident and being official CDJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I felt... I felt... No one's going to mess with me. <laughs> I, mean, I felt, I felt comfort, comfort, comfortable as it went on, but it, it's, I can't deny, I did, I think, like five episodes of that over a couple series. And every time I was in that like little dressing room in that corridor at BBC Glasgow, I, I, was, I was bricking it. I was like, this really? is so out of my you know like when comfort I, zone when i would see people like you even though you were always like on point and on fire with what you were doing i always you always made me feel comfortable like in terms of like you always get nerves whenever you do something uh hmm. live or performative um but in terms of like when you see familiar faces and at that point like i knew you by then and so it was like when when I got to work with you on this, it was like, oh, Chris is here. Oh, it's going to be cool. It's, it's, oh, it's easy now. Like, we, we could do that. We could do that. That's what I do. I, I, I lure in my prey. And <laughs> <laughs> come to me. Yes. Come to me, sir. Feel comfortable. <laughs> Sit in my web. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's... But, like, that's... that's that's where uh, I really got to sort of see yourself and, and Johnny Cochran in action because mm. obviously we'd had you on, on our links and, and I'd watched a, a boatload of Johnny and NL show and yeah. um, oh what was the pet show what was the pet show called uh, Junior Vets on Call Junior Vets on Call oh, so I, I'd wow. obviously seen you guys in our material uh, that had got out of the channel and because and, I, I was one of those presenters who again hold is the on, acting I, prep I, thing hold on Chris sorry to interrupt you no go for I it I swear I worked with you on something else before that as well I don't know if we did. I was mean, if we, we did, not, was we not in uh, oh, Newcastle together? Yes, we did some live crossover in uh, Newcastle, Newcastle Gateshead. Yeah, it oh. was either Leeds or Newcastle. I think it was Newcastle Gateshead for our stuff. There you go. Um, by that big bridge. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. See, this is how long it's been, and I've been saying this about this show. You forget <laughs> stuff until you start talking, then you go, I'm, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." But like that, that's where I got to see. Was. I thought I assumed it was Newcastle. <laughs> Somewhere we went somewhere. We put I up a stage. I we put up a stage and said stuff. Hotel. I was like, oh, it was Chris. Because <laughs> Newcastle Gates, that's the one where they did like it was like a, a, a Sam and Mark special or something where a load of the shows crossed yes. over into yes. it, and it yeah. was like, oh my god, it's the Avengers of CBBC. It, it was. This is mental. I can't wait for them to do it again the next year. And then they never did. No, um, so, well, they probably did. They know. just didn't invite us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they, no, they had, they had us do a... the bat they, signal. The, <laughs> where is it? No, they had us do a Blackpool thing the year after, but it was really last minute. Like, uh, the day after the light switch on, uh, Chris oh, wow. Shannon, do did shout out Saturday. Uh, no, it was a really sunny morning, but it was also, you know, first thing in the morning. So when you've got a crowd of like, I think we had 2,000 plus people there, which is like, oh. this is nuts. And and they're all having to wait around like while we rehearse links and then occasionally speak to them. I was like, is it worth you guys being out here? You go and yeah. go and see life. Like go go do it's other just things. Over there, like, you know. 
Sandcastle's <laughs> down there. Go to that. You go, go to the Pleasure Beach. There's plenty of things you Tell can do. Tell you what, they doing. got some new arcades in that place over there. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only time I've ever worked a job where I felt like we were being randomly spoilt backstage because they'd made a green room area and they'd put a bunch of arcade machines in what? it. What? I know. Like, we never, like, I mean, you saw what it was like at CBBC presentation green and stuff. Green room of arcades? The, the, the green room and that's just, you know, couch and some tables. And yeah. that's fine. Like, I'm not looking for, I don't have a rider. I'm not looking for special treatment. I just want to know I can get a glass of water and that I've got some time to go for a pee if I need it. But then at Blackpool, it was like, and here's a bunch of, uh, here's a bunch of motorcycle racing arcade machines. There's a, there's a time crisis over there. Time crisis? Oh, no, you don't have to put any money crisis. in them. They had time, uh, time Crisis 4, which I was unfamiliar oh, with. Bruv, that's, I'd, that's I'd, the new ones. I'm, I, I haven't played any past two. I'd mastered two and maybe three at a bowling alley near where I grew up. Spoil. That was kind of it. Spoil. A Namco. A Namco it bowling. HD screen in it. It was HD. <laughs> <laughs> HD screen with a cabinet the size no, of, no of, a, of a portal. No screen burning either. There was no screen burning. It was brand new. You know, when you go to some of those arcades and like, you get there, you can see the score from the previous persons on the screen, but there's nothing yeah. on the screen. There's nothing there. <laughs> but, you, but you can still feel the heat radiating off. It's like, oh this my, oh. been turned off in two decades. <laughs> I don't think anyone's played it in two decades. Look at this. Oh. Ooh, ooh. Oh, look, a 2P machine. Um, so. <laughs> oh, I used to love them. I'm going to go get a, a, a Donald Duck key ring. This would be great. Oh. And a Freddo that's been in there I used to spend my years. entire childhood like on those 2P machines. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I mean, that's 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 something that... And I, I'll come back around to the live stuff in <laughs> well, a moment. We'll come back around to like, 2P machines. Yeah. <laughs> but, that's, but that's, again, something where you've you've crossed into, into gaming like as a career yeah. alongside comedy and alongside writing and, and voiceover. Because, like... Mm. I mean, you hosted you you hosted a game show on for Sky. Oh, did I? Oh, was it for Sky? I was on one. Uh, yeah. What was it? What was it? Sorry, my, my, con, con, contributor vid- slash reporter. Video Game Nation. That's the one. There That's we go. The one. Yeah. I didn't host that one, but I was on. I was a, like a regular contributor, and then um, at BBC's the gaming show as well. Radio One yeah. did, uh, did a gaming show for a little bit. Which a lot of people didn't really know about, because um, Radio One didn't really push it. Uh, it was in that then, weird transitional was, stage, yeah, wasn't it? At the time, in terms of like stage where they wanted, where to, do wanted to pitch. Content. Yeah. yeah, but then it was like, but who are we doing this to? <laughs> <laughs> like, who are we aiming this at? I'm not it had quite some sure. Really good people involved with it. I I just did don't think it was like pushed in the right uh, to the right uh, demographic, basically. I mean that that can happen. I mean that that definitely can happen at the moment as as media is ever changing. It's yeah. it's it's kind of tough to as a creator and as as a performer. It's kind of tough to know where um, you are meant to aim what you're doing yes. when the people above you are essentially in charge of that and usually are still trying to figure it out themselves. Uh, which <laughs> That's is the which ongoing is why, battle. Which is why kids TV is such an odd odd playground to 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 get to you know take part in because things change in terms of how they want stuff. Uh, for example, like your entry, as far as I'm aware, correct me if I'm wrong, if there were more before, but your entry into Kids TV was the Johnny Ninell show, right? Yeah, that was, it was the first yeah. foray. And that came about because uh, they were talent scouting at The Fringe? Uh, kinda. Uh, so basically, mm. me and Johnny were doing like a, uh, a Edinburgh show together. We was doing a two-hander where uh, we both basically, accidentally or through some kind of sheer coincidence, we both just like right. Let's just both be on stage at all times. 
And it, that was purely that went purely was down to the fact in which the place in which we did our preview show just didn't have any room for us to go anywhere else. So was, yeah. we both had to just be on stage. And so, <laughs> why not? And so we're like, oh, this works out well. And because we bounce off each other quite well, like Johnny's like a brother to me. Like, like, like I forever love him and, and like love working with him. And so when it when it came down to us going to Edinburgh, we were doing our show. Our show was uh, doing really well. Like we were bringing in some really big numbers. Uh, uh, word of mouth was spreading, uh, and it was like the dream come true where you you do a free show. The first couple of days is like five or six people, and then by the end of the run, like we can't get any more people in in the building. Yeah, Fantastic. word of mouth has carried yeah. the show. Word of mouth, is, yeah. Onto the, onto the onto the straight <laughs> and it's gone. Never yeah. having again in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, the first the uh, first the first bites free of that <laughs> shiny shiny showbiz apple. Like and you've earned it. this one, and good luck. Yeah, yeah and we we met up with um, uh, uh, some producers that we knew uh, in London. Uh, they came to see our show, really loved it, um, and. They worked for a production company in uh, London and they wanted to kind of do like a uh, develop new talent and things like that. And me and Johnny seemed like, oh, I've gone really loud again. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's OK. I'm, uh, I'm going to be doing editing. I mean, I'm, I'm going to leave it okay. in because it's you know, probably it's, Skype, uh, isn't it? <laughs> it's, a, it it's insights to, uh, to how, how, how it is to be a performer and creator. <laughs> At the head of your own desk, you're essentially Andy Crane. I oh, <laughs> you know love what I mean. Crane. He was, you work he was in your guy. own desk. Andy, Andy Crane is a legend out here. If you ask me, <laughs> legend. But yeah, in terms of uh, in ter- uh, so we worked together with the production company to to script up some ideas and some development ideas. And at the time, I was a secondary school teacher. I was working in secondary schools teaching drama and theatre studies. Johnny was also a teacher working in a pro and working in uh, various different schools. Uh, and so it made sense for us to kind of create something for teenagers uh, because that's the world we were in currently at that time. We were, we were both stand-up comedians, but we were also both working in schools. And it made sense to kind of marry the two together because we felt like we we worked with a lot of tough kids. We worked with a lot of inner city kids. Uh, and we could see the sort of things that they were into, the sort of humor that they enjoyed. Uh, but and then we also saw that n- that wasn't necessarily being catered to in the traditional children arena, uh, like chan- channels yeah, like there I guess, a... CITV and CBBC. They weren't really catering for that uh, demographic. There's sort of a, a template that that yeah. keeps recurring and 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 almost as though the entire format's like, yeah, no, this is just this is how we do it. It's like no, <laughs> like. There, there are a lot more voices that you could be using it, and there are a lot more exactly ears that you could that. be reaching yeah. if you broadened your horizon a lot exactly. more and, I fi- and, they and were stopped inter- working they were from this 40 year old template. Yeah, they, they, want, they want that new stuff. And that is why a lot of the kids were, at the time, especially were going to uh, YouTube, they were going to channels like Trouble, they were going to, to other older channels that catered to, like, to I guess, uh, young adults rather than older kids uh mm. because the, there was like no in between there was no like transition point from going from watching adult things online to uh to anything in the middle there, there wasn't that like it, it went from yeah. uh, i don't know uh, like the rugrats to to <laughs> to family guy i, I don't know They're, like it's a yeah job, no it? yeah i see what you mean it was, i mean i i, I myself kind of like you know as a dorky kid like in my teens i i went straight from kind of watching kids tv stuff at a certain point mm. 
growing a bit bored of it, not really paying attention to it anymore, and then would skip straight to watching BBC Choice and BBC Three. Yeah, and yeah, yeah B- BBC Choice for our younger listeners. Uh, was a thing in the past um, that oh, yeah, then put on a different yeah. hat and called itself BBC Three. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, like you said, there, there's that middle ground wasn't being reached, and there was certainly demographics that there was, were not there was being 100% spoken demographic to. Because in America, they were doing that. Like there was mm. uh, channels like Nickelodeon and things. They had they had content that wasn't for young kids, but that w- but was for like older teenagers. There was stuff like, I guess, Moesha and Sister Sister, things like that. Yes. Like shows like yeah. that were for like teenagers going up to adults. And even if you were like a young adult, you'd still find it entertaining and there would still be stuff for you. And it would be cool as well. And it could be something you could talk about at school or college or whatnot. And you wouldn't feel like any type of way about it. You wouldn't feel embarrassed. If anything, you'd feel like, did you see the, the last episode? And so uh, that was happening a lot in America, but it wasn't necessarily happening over here. No shade on any other shows. It, like I, We just didn't see that kind of thing happening. Yeah, it's, it's some, sometimes that just, again, it's down to who commissions what at what time yeah. and, and like what ends up getting extended runs and, and yeah, exactly. acquisitions as well. Like Especially around the time you guys came up with your show, uh, CBBC in particular wasn't doing a lot of acquisitions. They weren't no. buying as many shows from outside of the UK. And, no, and bringing that's, them that's over. why we was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's it's you know what? Let's uh, let's let's create what we can here while we have money and yeah. an op- opportunity to do this. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's catering to a certain demographic, that age range as well. In particular, mm. you would have seen like you know on the front line of it being a teacher. That that weird middle space where people are almost embarrassed to be into certain things, yes. even though it doesn't really matter yes. in the grand scheme, but they don't know that yet. They don't 100%. know that. Like that when I was teaching no reason. In schools, like the kids were watching the same things I was watching. Like they're, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're watching the same dramas, <laughs> the same things that were happening on adult TV as what the teachers are watching, to the point where in tutor sessions you could discuss the shows because like yeah. everyone was watching it. But like it wasn't on the the shows that were catering for it wasn't on the channels catering for their age range, and so yeah. that's why me and Johnny kind of wanted to tackle uh, teenagers that weren't really getting spoken to, and also the kids that we were teaching. Like we wanted to kind of make a show where if we were to show it to our classes, they'd be like, "Oh, yeah, that is six. I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a wicked. I said, did you say that? Oh, go on, go on." <laughs> like we wanted that response, and we knew we could get that response. <laughs> And we knew they would enjoy a show like that. Uh, and so that's how, how we first set out to kind of make the Johnny Arnell show. It was a great challenge because obviously that was our aim was to kind of bring in new voices to the channel and also cater to uh, an, an audience that we felt wasn't being catered to, but also cater and feel inclusive enough for the existing audience that was already there watching shows on, uh, on the channel to be like, oh, wow, this is uh, quite interesting. I, I like this. Oh, and... And also love it in the same kind of way. And that was like our biggest kind of challenge, I feel, when kind of creating a comedy sketch show. Because comedy is subjective anyway, in terms of who finds what funny. But in terms of being inclusive, that was our main thing. As as long as we're inclusive uh, and we try and be as funny as we can in sophisticated ways, that's going to be our way of kind of making this show a success. Uh, and I, I feel like we did it to some degree. <laughs> no, you absolutely did. And again, like it, it, you, you're also uh, that show and, and the work you guys did. Like uh, 
is sort of up there in that very select lineup, really, in the 2010s mm. of sketch shows produced for CBBC. There oh, wasn't yeah. that many over was the last it, sort of 10 uh, years. DNN um, and um, DNN, uh, and you guys, Horrible Histories, and then Horrible Histories V2. Yeah. Um, and, and then sh- shows would dabble in sketch. Like, mm. there'd be bits of sketch, and, you yes. know, things like All Over the Place, of course, and, yes. which, which, we'll, which we will talk about. But, like, you know, it, it's... It, it, it's there's almost a responsibility there in a weird way, an extra one as like you guys are introducing a generation of kids to the sketch show. Like yep. this is their first <laughs> sample of it ever. Um, yep. So like, Pressure. I mean, as, 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 pr- as much pressure as I imagine that could be, it looked like you guys had a ball creating concepts and characters. Oh, loved it. A- absolutely loved like coming up with the ideas and ex- the sketch, the sketch part, uh, sketch portion of the show was the, our favorite bit. Uh, I think it was if it was ideally up to us, it would have been all sketch. Um, but uh, I feel like uh, the higher ups kind of wanted something to kind of marry the two together, and so we had like live audience sections and sections where we're talking to the audience and, and whatnot, which is cool. Yeah, kind, like, kind it, of felt um, Nickelodeon influenced a bit. There was yes. a lot of stuff in American Nick that was like studio portion leading into sketches yes. and, and occasional live music. I mean, it's still the character comedy still carried on into the studio portion. Yeah, like you know, it wasn't like you yeah. just it, on it the fly the just traditional riffing and like trying a, to carry it. It wasn't like a, a like a smack the pony or something like that where it's yeah. just a sketch, 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 like or the fast show or something like that. It was it was okay, like we're gonna we're gonna do these segments, we're gonna we're gonna introduce these next sketches, we're gonna go into mm. and then they see the sketches and whatnot. Uh, and and I think I think it, it, we really had a lot of fun with it, uh, especially with the writing and coming up with things like uh, as I said before, it, like the, on the forefront of our mind was always about who we cater into like and so for cbbc you had to kind of cater between six and 12 was like the official ages we Mm. always wanted to kind of pitch it higher we were going for like the 15 to 16 year olds and so like we aimed it there but then what we tried to do was try and make elements that all the other younger ages would either enjoy or feel intrigued enough to find out why certain things are funny and so uh i guess i guess for example off the top of our, off top of top of my head, um, like we used to have like a Johnny Kyle segment where it was, it was Johnny plays Jeremy Kyle, <laughs> and it, <laughs> it, in itself, I still laugh when I think about Johnny plays Jeremy Kyle because we actually met him in real life. We we gate crashed his show. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, I've got to ask you. Right, 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 go on, I'll explain what it is first, and then we might go there. But like, <laughs> or I leave him to tell that story. But like. <laughs> But basically, what it was, the premise was, um, it was it was like the Johnny, it was like the Jeremy Kyle show. So the older kids and the adults would understand that co- concept. It's a talk show. People have problems, and they would come on the show for their problems to be solved. But obviously, Johnny Kyle is a very <laughs> he's a he's a character, and so how he deals with solving people's problems is where some of the joy comes from. And so our thing was, how are we going to cater that to the younger audiences as well? Because this is a talk show for adults. How, why would kids at age six would be interested in this? And so how we spun it was all the guests on the show were, were fairy tale characters. Fairy tale characters that mm. everyone recognized. It would be Red Riding Hood would be on. And Red Riding Hood would bring on her grandma onto the show to, <laughs> to get a DNA test to see if it's actually her, really her grandma or the big bad wolf. And, and so, <laughs> and so it's, it's clearly the big bad wolf. Like, <laughs> clearly in terms of costume, 
but the, the the fun comes from the whole facade of playing up like oh we got to do the dna test we got to check you yeah. see <laughs> we don't know the, the we whole know. the whole maury povich trash tv element <laughs> yeah. like and yet and yet played completely straight faced yeah Just, of course yeah. and so and and more often than not uh it would always go the way that you wouldn't expect it to go like it's, yeah. <laughs> so it'd be like pinocchio would He's been accused of stealing and he has to take a lie detector test. And then obviously Pinocchio's nose starts growing when he's giving out his information. <laughs> and and whoa, so whoa, we'd whoa, have whoa, fun whoa, whoa. doing Spo- things Spoiler like alert for Pinocchio there. Okay, oh, come yeah, on. Some people, some people haven't read Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but that's where a lot of the fun would come from. We, us playing these, cra- these characters that people recognise... The, the young kids would love it because they're characters that they recognize in funny situations and the older lot would get it because they'd see where the the next layer of the jokes were coming from. They were seeing yeah. where, okay, this is, they're pitching it up here. Like the, the younger kids aren't going to get what all these DNA things are all about. But <laughs> No, no. But, <laughs> but like you said, it's their favorite it's... characters in crazy predicaments. But, and at the same time, the older lot would be like, oh, rah. <laughs> you see Pinocchio and get that lighting to the test. <laughs> Exactly, like there's those for for as daft as like the sketches are, every part of that audience was taken into consideration and yeah. constructed a joke. Like that, that's that's you, how we had to kind of construct the whole show. Like sometimes it, it worked out really well for us. Other times I don't think it was as as successful. But overall, I, I thought that we put a, like a ton of effort into kind of making the show inclusive and accessible, hmm. but also really trying to go for like a brand new audience that. Uh, we felt wasn't being catered to. And I think we did that. Like, from the responses where we were walking out in the street in London and things, it's like, hey, you, hey, are you Johnny and I know? And I was like, well, I'm one of them. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but, hey, I see your show. Yeah, bro. Hey, your show is sick, it's sick, it's sick, it's sick, it's sick. Anyway, go about your day, innit? I will, I will, yeah, thanks. <laughs> are you Johnny and I know? Oh, that's how they it's say like, Are um, you Johnny and I know? <laughs> It's like, uh, I mean, have a, think, oh, think about them. the sentence. Think about the question. <laughs> think what about it a little bit? I used to get, I used to get some sort of scared as well because the way some of these kids approach you. Hey, yo! <laughs> oh, yo, what's up? What, yo, you good, bro? So, yo, I used right? to watch you on yeah. TV, you know. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Thanks, man. Cheers. Cheers. Nice, man. Stay safe. <laughs> <laughs> so... Did you did you ever did you ever hear back from any kids you taught uh, after I you started did, doing yes. stuff for the channel? Uh, we did. We what we did is uh, when we um, first did our first series, we went back to the schools we talked to, uh, we taught at. Sorry, uh, and yeah, just to kind of give thanks because a lot of the inspiration kind of came from them. Um, some of the characters, C- are based on certain them. characters, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, certain characters are based on some of them. And uh, no, picturing was, you, I'm picturing you in important. a specific wig, for example. Well, yeah, um, well, you don't want to kind of like take from a culture and then disappear on the culture. Like, like we made it big now. See you later. It's like, bye, everyone. Yeah, you don't want to kind of do that. So, like, our thing was like, like these guys like helped us helped us through like gave us like the inspiration to get to the positions where we're at even though we were teaching them um and so we felt it was like important to kind of go back to to the schools and we visited the schools and it was so fun it was like so nice for like the kids to be like hey sir you're back (laughs) and and they and they be like hey we see and they 
they they start chanting the there was like a song that Johnny had in the first series where the only lyric was his name. It was like Johnny, 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 Johnny. Everyone would be singing it, be like Johnny. I'm like, all right, you lot. <laughs> Don't make me have mi- tensions out. That's Mr. Cochran. Thank you very yeah, much. Right. <laughs> It's not the same amount of syllables. Good luck trying to fit it in. Yeah. Today's lesson, try and fit in the syllables of Mr. Cock. <laughs> but no, it was a huge laugh. I like, it was nice to see like uh, the kids because they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I said he used to teach me, you know. He didn't teach you, he taught me. <laughs> it was getting super picky and territorial. It's like, no, no, no. I'm we a bigger fan slash know. student. Hey, you know, sir, <laughs> gave me a detention twice, you know. Twice. I, we know about that. Two like, times. How many decisions did he give you? Exactly. <laughs> I win. Anyway, sir, could you sign this? Uh, so, <laughs> that's, it's not an autograph, it's a permission weird. slip. I just wanted to go out, out to school for a sec. <laughs> just want to go to the shops. <laughs> My mum says I can go to the chippy at lunch. Yeah. Like, just sign off. Some schools you need, you need to get signed off. Yeah, you filmed yeah, a lot of uh, you filmed a lot of the show around Manchester. We did, yeah, yeah, which is great because I remember there was one particular superhero skit you guys did <laughs> um, down by the canals, like up near Granada Studios, yep. that kind of end of Manchester. That if I ever take that shortcut, not very often, but if I ever do, I could just picture you guys in Lycra oh, and I start we were... myself going over the bridge nearby, just like. <laughs> oh, yeah. The costumes we had were crazy, but we were we were all about it. It was like we got to have, these costumes got to be crazy, because the ideas that we're trying to put out there are insane. And like, I don't know how we're getting these through anyway. So we but we have to dress it up. <laughs> you've got you've got to go in for it, though, haven't you? Yeah, have you've to got to go all in. the way. You can't half-ass it. No fear. Like no. you can't have fear when you when you're doing stuff to all kids. Because I think again, I think that is always a big misconception about making kids entertainment. Is yes. people like, do you feel really stupid? It's like no. Well, yeah. Occasionally you have a moment where you go, God, what am I doing? But <laughs> you take it as seriously as you would any other job because mm-hmm. you know you, you have a responsibility to the audience. But also, you could walk into a room dressed in a sumo outfit and feel really embarrassed. But if you walk into that room dressed in a sumo outfit and own it. Mm. Then it's hilarious. Like oh, yeah. it, it's the funniest thing. People around you just like, oh, when you came in that day, that was so good. You have to just oh, yeah. push through and <laughs> and and approach any any kind of job within within entertainment, but like especially kids stuff with with that level of confidence. Um, you obviously have have you know as a, as a stand up comedian, you you've done an awful lot as well, like kinetic comedy, for example. Mm-hmm. But um, have you done much stand up comedy now, catered toward kids? Like uh, specifically to our kids' audiences. Yeah, uh, me and Johnny a few years ago we started doing um, family kids clubs uh, at, for, for stand-up comedy for families that uh, from the eight from young ones from the age of three upwards all the way to your to your grandparents could come to. Because yeah. like <laughs> what we found with like the Johnny and I Nail show was that you were we were getting people of all ages complimenting us about the show from young young kids really enjoying it. To teenagers stopping us in the street, are you Johnny and I know? To to parents uh, stopping us, like just like randomly, it's like oh, let, let me and my son watch you on the TV and stuff like that. And we, and it's like oh, it's like people like of all ages really enjoy our stuff. And we knew adults like what we do because we do stand up mm-hmm. comedy, and we knew the kids were enjoying what we do like on TV in terms of like the Johnny and I know show and other shows that we presented. 
it made sense. It was like, it's like there's not too much difference between the uh, uh, younger ages understanding jokes. And even if they don't understand the jokes, they they want to learn to understand. And, and I guess that goes back to what you're saying in terms of pitching it higher than the age that you're set. Like our thing, we were always like, we're pitching it way higher. Like we're, we're supposed mm. to be aiming for six to 12. Nah, 15, 16. Like yeah. man, that's where we're going. <laughs> and and what- Phil and I, when we were doing Chris and Hacker, we were always, we, we, we knew that parents and mums and dads and, and, you know, older brothers and sisters are in the room. Mm. So we would, we doing what we're doing. We'd get the information across aimed at the younger kids, but we were throwing in so many just little references yes. and nods to like comedy stuff that we love. Yeah. Cause we just knew there'd be someone in the room going, Oh, that's from Mighty Boosh. That's, oh, well that's, that's some of the magic I love. The fact that you can do both. And yeah. uh, and people can spot that as well, especially adults when they're watching things. And we never wanted to have a show where, you know, you, you have those those shows where the kids are what the kids love it, but the, ad, the parents hate it. And it's like, oh, they're all constantly watching this rubbish. And we didn't want to have a show like that. We wanted to have a show where it was like, oh, we don't mind watching this with you. And that yeah. was always like our thing. And so when we branched out to doing live stand-up for families, that was the approach we had. It was always an approach where we were catering uh, predominantly to families. Like uh, we're, we're taking out any bad language, taking out any swearing or any references to kind of things that young, young kids shouldn't really be learning about. And then, But also we're having, we want to add in things for parents and kids to enjoy together. Uh, it's not a thing where they just drop their kids off. Yeah, watch that for an hour and a half. I'm gonna just be sitting in the back. It's more a thing where they're like they're all, everyone's sitting together in their tables of families and friends and enjoying the show as one. And when, what we do, we'd have like stand-up comedians come on to entertain them, and then we'd also have like game games and segments and competitions in which we used to do one called Parents versus Kids. And where the, basically all the kids would be one team, all the parents would be one team. And then they'd have to kind of compete against each other in different series. And the kids would win like loads of sweets and chocolates and goodies and things like that. And the parents could win an all expense paid holiday to the Caribbean. Yeah. Obviously, the parents never won. But that was, <laughs> but that was, the, was the setup. Until that one time, and yeah. we're we're still dealing <laughs> with those parents that keep getting one, it. To, you know, <laughs> like they didn't they didn't they didn't quite understand that it was it was a bit it was a bit. Sorry, and Johnny Johnny would always egg it up. It's like right since we since the parents didn't win last week and the week before, we've got a rollover. Now we've got like <laughs> <laughs> we we've got like sports cars going. We got holidays going. We've got like you know that mortgage you're paying off. We'll pay it Done. for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All you got to do is beat the kids. And so then you'd get this competition element. Even though the parents knew they couldn't win, that aspect that they, oh, maybe they could, <laughs> was always there. It was always up to the wire. It was always up to the wire. And so, that I, would... I know they're joking. Be, yeah. But what if they're not? <laughs> what if they're not joking? What if it's real? You don't want to be that person where you let the team down. Because you thought they were joking when they were telling the truth. You don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I mean, that 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 tightrope act is 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 you know it can appear as scary and a tough thing to those on the outside of entertainment. I guess like how would you make it work across? But it sounds like mm. you guys you put so much thought into it, mostly because you cared, you wanted, yeah. you don't you didn't want to hit demos. You wanted to yeah. make sure that everybody got something from it. 
Yeah. Like it was you, you, your thought your thought was we're looking out for the audience and what we can give them, not how many of these things can we hit on a checklist. Yeah. I think do you know what it is? I think that comes from not only the stand-up background, but the teaching background. In terms of mm-hmm. in terms of stand-up, you like the ultimate goal is to make everyone laugh, or as many people in the audience as you can laugh. Uh, and in terms of teaching, the goal is to get everybody on board. Everyone has to learn the learning objectives. These are learning objectives today. I got to make sure that every kid in this class at least kind of gets an understanding or at least has like is set in that right direction to learn everything today. Otherwise, what's the point of me teaching if like five kids are going to learn and then the other 15 aren't going to get nothing out of it? I got to make sure I got things in place where, okay, Susie over here, she might have like a learning disability. Maybe I can try this approach so that people who learn like she does can get get what I need to teach and so on. Yeah. And you, and that's kind of how we always kind of crafted things that we did in the public space in terms of performance. We always mm-hmm. wanted to make it inclusive was always number one. We always wanted to have special things, not special things, but like things there. Like if you get it, you get it. And there's always yeah. like comments, side comments that we would always say during the family stand-up things that only the parents would get. And, you, and it's nice because you get everyone laughing at a particular joke or something happens on stage. But then you, you say one remark and then you'd only get the parents laugh. Or you oh, say call something it, else, then you only get the kids laugh. And then it was like, let's call that the, the panto effect, where yeah. you can sort of hit that sweet spot and then go, it's, P.S. And then move on. It's the sweet yeah. spot, isn't it? That's, yeah. For me, that is the best laughter for me, it's like everyone's laughing at the the main joke. There's there's like a little topper. There's a little yeah. topper just there, and it's only for certain people that are willing to get it. If you get it, you're getting a bigger laugh. And when you hear them people laughing, it's like, yeah, thank you. So we got you. That was there we got you. just for you. We saw we saw you there, Riley chuckling. We weren't going to stand for that. We had yeah. to get you. We had to get you, and we got oh, you. We, we loved it. We loved it because then what happened was. It was a sense where not only were the kids enjoyed it, the parents enjoyed it as well. And we were getting parents coming back and back, like bringing their kids like every week. Just like, so like yo, when's the next, the next one's next? Saturday? Yeah, I'm there, I'm there. I'm bringing my friend. And then they bring their neighbours. And they're like, like, oh, we got the neighbours here. And like, oh, great. And, then, <laughs> and we were getting, and because it was inclusive, we were getting kids from like all different walks of life. And there was oh, so many wicked kids that we had. <laughs> they're like, got crazy personalities and it was like and it would change the whole flow of everything but in a positive way and everyone yeah. would embrace it and it's like yeah this is this is what we want we want it to kind of have that family feel um that yeah. i guess you don't get too often nowadays because like i guess back in the i guess i guess 90s and the early noughties what you'd have you'd have i guess like family viewing on tv which doesn't necessarily happen to the same extent anymore where you sit in front of everyone yeah. sits in front of the TV, they will watch a certain program that's catered to the family. The whole family mm. enjoys it, uh, and that sort of thing doesn't necessarily happen anymore. Now that people can watch what they want whenever they want to want, when whenever they want to watch it, like it's it's not as likely that you're getting families coming together for a particular thing. Uh, and so this felt really nice for us because it felt like the whole family's coming out. It wasn't just like mum's coming out with the kids or dad's got, got to do something with the kids this afternoon. It was like no, mum and dad is there. And grandma's yeah. there too. Yeah. <laughs> and next door's mum and dad and grandma and kids. Yeah. And next door's like everybody wants to come check it out. <laughs> See, that's that's I uh, you know I, I I I admire that so much. Like the the fact that you you know you know an audience. You know you want to hit a certain point in the audience. But again, you just you just want them to you want them to have a good time. You yeah. want them to have a good time, and you want them to tell their friends to come and check it out and have a good time. And, 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 and just just ultimately. I, I, 
Yeah, sorry. Unwind. I didn't want to, I didn't want to interrupt. No, you, but no, like, no. It's, it's that thing where I, I go again back to teaching. It's that thing where you're looking in the class, you're seeing people on task, and then you spot the one or two that might not be getting it or might be disruptive or might need a, a new direction or they need to kind of be set in a different way to the rest. And you identify yeah. that and you tackle that. And doing that in a live setting is is crazy hard. But like it's at the same time, it's it's beautiful when it when it works out well. When there's one kid that's super shy, doesn't want to be involved, yeah. and all the other kids are enjoying themselves and they're like this next to their mum and dad, and then they're like, oh no, no, and they look like they might cry. And then by the by the end of the show, they're running and jumping like the rest of the crowd and they're <laughs> shouting out loud. And it's like, oh, that transformation, seeing that kid from go from like that in the first like 10 minutes of the show to like this at towards the end of the show, doesn't want the show to end. Like that's mm. what makes you like super happy. Like, yeah, we did it. Like whatever, whatever we were doing works. <laughs> I'm going to ask a big, big selfish question. Like answer this as selfishly as possible. Yeah. Just, 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 oh, be, be, be completely in service of just yourself. When I ask this, mm-hmm. if you could pick one, like facet of performance, one avenue, one medium that that you've dabbled in, to do forever. Sod the rest of them. Ooh. What's your absolute fave? If you could do it for you know a, a really good wage as well, like for the rest of your life, which oh, wow. one would you pick? Because you're you're a, you're a multifaceted guy, stand up writing, you know, streaming even. Which I know people they might hear that and go, "That's not a job. It's mm. a job. Oh yeah, it's a job. Sometimes it's, it's a hobby, and then it becomes machine. a job. Or lady." It's a broom cupboard. Yeah. It's the broom cupboard in the purest sense. You're yeah. at the controls. Um, and like voice and, and mocap, like you've done so many things. If you could go, I'll do that one forever and I'm happy forever. to do that one forever, oh. which would it be? And it could be because you're like, I just, you know, I have so much fun doing it. Could be because you're like, yeah, I'm just really good at that. I am oh. so good at that. Or it could be both, you know? I would say a combination of Oh, oh, diplomatic. Oi. <laughs> live performance mixed with broadcast. Like, there's ah. certain aspects of broadcast TV I enjoy. Um, hmm. There's a lot I hate in terms of the <laughs> bureaucracy and the, and the politics that goes on and all the stuff behind the scenes that the viewers don't aren't too privy to. Or I guess hmm. a lot of them are, but, like, there's a lot of yeah, discussions and meetings that happen that don't necessarily the, the stuff that isn't like obvious. Yes, but then you you hear about it, you go, really? Hate that. Oh, that. Oh, in really? terms of being a uh, that's what the beauty of like live streaming is that you are your own boss, you are your own producer, uh, mm-hmm. and it's up to you to kind of fill in all the blanks and <laughs> and correct all the misgivings without someone else being there to offer you like a lending hand or. Or whatnot, yeah. and so or or a focus tested, yeah. Like, focus. Uh, we focus yeah. tested this, and they said they don't like it. <laughs> like, did they? Who's who's they? It was twelve people in one room? Yeah, right. And there were twelve people hungry. in another they didn't room. Get fed, or oh, they didn't get paid either. <laughs> they were promised W H Smith vouchers, and they didn't get any vouchers. So they, yeah. I'm not sure <laughs> if that had any bearing on their decisions, but we did let them know they won't be getting the W H Smith vouchers at the beginning of the focus group. <laughs> there was only one bathroom, and we didn't change the toilet roll before yeah. the day started. Apart from that, I think they were completely neutral. Uh, (laughs) it it has to be for me live performance Mm. but 
Oh, me being with that in broadcast element with yeah. broadcast elements for me in control. I think I'm on the way to to. I think that hasn't really been dabbled in too much yet in terms of the in the sense that I'm thinking of in terms of future broadcasting. Yeah, broadcasting is still hesitant about live uh, about online audiences and things like that. Uh, in, yeah. and in terms of online broadcast, like online broadcast is very separate to offline. Uh, and and I, I believe the two can live well together. It's just yeah. that though it, we haven't really seen too many successful attempts at that yet. There has been there has been successful attempts, but it's yeah. not been the norm for most people to be like, yeah, this is the future. So what you'd like is you'd like kinetic comedy to be an independent production that's in charge of its own content, but put out with a bigger budget. Who told <laughs> you a larger Who told audience? About my plans. <laughs> Chris, I mean, you've been, you know, been hacking my emails. Been were you talking? Emails? I mean, I'm peering at him just a little bit, you know. Um, I, I think Chris Evans. I think Chris Evans might have screen grabbed his his, his uh, email roll and put it on his Instagram story, <laughs> and I saw that you were chatting. Um, he's doing that a lot. Of spam, so don't worry. <laughs> but that's you know, what I mean, that's that's again, it's harking to the fact you you want to cater to a lot of people and make sure everybody's having fun because that to me sounds like i honestly believe the future of uh, broadcasting uh, i Mm. I say that as with with a wide net is to be able to cater to people that want to be there live and get that sensation of a live show that is that is a magic that can't be replicated in any other form but then also for those that want to be and experience things in the way they want to experience things, whether it be them at home on their sofa, watching it on the TV, at their desk, on their mobile phone, on a train, but for them to also have uh, an experience of that same thing in in a visceral sense in which they can almost interact with it live as well. I don't yeah. think that has been happened. I don't think that has happened quite yet. Um, and it, I think it, that is the future, I think. We touched on it. And in the, in the sort of the heyday of, of TV being like a, a family activity in sort of the sixties, seventies, eighties, because it sort of the variety shows used to hit yes, that, yes, hit that did, screen. Yeah. Or your, your more common wires and, and mm. your early generation games and things like that. They they hit that that point of this is something everyone can enjoy. Yeah. But like you said, here we are in the twenty twenties. Oh my god, saying that out loud. Here we are in the twenty twenties. Yeah. We have op- different options. We have people who want specific things. Yeah. The juggling act is possibly tougher but not impossible yeah and, and it's not impossible it, we need somewhere to, to go we've got the money to try this you have the ideas go let's try it do do, do a season are there let's people out happens. there with money like that say really to say well, those things if disney can charge 30 quid to rent Mulan on a subscription i'm sure someone someone must have a money well somewhere i don't oh, know i mean who knows there's definitely money wells it's whether they're the right people or not that's the thing but it's, <laughs> it's whether or not it's whether or not you can get a bucket down that well yeah. to but pull any money back out. Said, though, it's it's that <laughs> sense uh of bringing people together uh that it's it's almost community based it's almost family based uh in terms of enjoying something together as friends and family that never that doesn't happen to the to the extent in which it i guess it used to uh and in terms of people being given so much choice nowadays in terms of when they can consume certain content uh bringing those people together for scheduled viewing is 
it's 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 dying. Like the only time I can think of like the last schedule kind of viewing as a mass was like Game of Thrones last season, maybe. Yeah, and 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 we don't and we don't talk about that. And we don't uh, even talk about that. <laughs> a year on, we don't talk about that. Yeah, but like, but in yeah, terms it, of like mass, like right, we're at this time we got to watch this thing, mm. or, or turn up to this thing at this venue to watch this thing. Ooh. Oh. The, the the only time prior to that I can sort of think of where it, it was a family affair mm. is sort of the American sitcoms of the 90s because yes. so many of them were based around, you know, things like My Wife and Kids, things like The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, mm. like, you know, um, <laughs> the last we talk about it currently, Roseanne. But like, they're all, they were all shows about like, you know, everyone in the house had an avatar. They yes. could see themselves on screen. Yes. So they did connect to it. They would immediately be there. Mm. Um, and that's obviously like not to talk about like how it connected with certain audiences who, let's face it, for 20, 30, 40 years <laughs> in mainstream Western media were not being catered to. Like it, it, it was giving voices to new creators and, mm. and like new, new experiences to audiences. We've not had something like that in a while. No. And it's it's yeah. I mean, it's overdue. Hey, it, it is overdue. Don't 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 forget me if you need someone to make the brews when you finally get it. <laughs> um, I'll make a mean cup of tea. I mean, I, I, Dude, I make cups hey. of tea so good we, that we even in our soft work. northern water, <laughs> even in our soft northern water, this cup's got rings in it because that's how strong I made that brew. He brewed it well. <laughs> <laughs> um. One one show we share a credit on, and yet we we never worked together on it, and that was kind of part and parcel of the show, really, because it was something that required multiple teams across multiple months. Uh, was slash is future pending, um, all over the place. Yeah. Uh, for for BBC Scotland and, and CBBC, and I, I want to bring I this love one up. BBC Scotland, man. I shout oh, out BBC great, Scotland. Every time I've worked with BBC Scotland, <laughs> it's always been the most positive experiences, man. They just it's there's a really nice vibe around the teams that are there and, and even just even just the building even just going up to Glasgow and entering that giant atrium and going mm. what the hell is this this so this looks weirdly pretentious and then finding everyone else go it is in it and yeah. you're like oh we're bonding over that this is great well, <laughs> you are also confused <laughs> you are also confused about these giant steps leading up to a cafeteria this is weird but there's great teams there and and all, all over the place is definitely like absolutely yeah. as a show is was it's one of those shows that's resting so i'm just gonna use the is I'll was tense you, that's probably one of my favorite shows i've ever worked on it it's it is a labor place. of love mm. it's a labor of love it's it's not an easy show to make but no. when it works oh it is so much it, fun do you know what it is it shows like the for me it really shows like the hard work that goes into live broadcasting from from people from all from uh from all aspects of the production from the coordination to the researchers to, to to everyone that is involved, the DLPs and whatnot, everyone has to kind of really do more than what is usually kind of asked of them on a on a, another production, for example. Uh, yeah. And the only reason they do that is because they love what they're doing. Uh, yeah, they, they can see the end product. They can envision yeah. it. They're like, we have to get this. We've yeah. got to capture this moment, capture this culture, capture this event, show mm. this country, show this um, individual who's collected a weird amount yeah. of these things that makes us wonder whether or not we should put them on some kind of like suspects list. But it's it's you know it's a it's a show about people and places and and about 
good times and significant events it's educational but it never feels like it's preaching to you mm. it it always it hits the right balance and it, and we i think you and i as guests because we for those who don't know like we've talked about the show before all over the place the travel show but like we were guest presenters on it we'd show up and do two three four weeks in a year but then we both um in a year where schedules collided and it couldn't quite work out and ed was unable to work on both marry mum and dad and all over the place without a compromise uh, we took over as lead presenter for a block each um that i don't know about you but like as much as i'd enjoyed working on the show before that really opened my eyes because i was like oh oh no this is i mean i thought it was kind of tough before but now I'm here for four and a half weeks. Right. We this is weird. Deep in, Chris. There's, don't, don't, <laughs> don't walk around it. We were chucked in the deep end. No. But come on, we got, we got no one day off in the middle. No, no <laughs> rubber rings. <laughs> we splashed just, just get your shots and uh, pray to God you've brought the right amount of underpants. Off we go. <laughs> Chris, like the first time I did an all over the place, like I, 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 I knew Ed because I've worked with Ed beforehand. Uh, Ed was on our show actually. Yeah, he, uh, he guessed it on uh, your first season. Ed was on our show. He was. Yeah, first time I met him. Um, but I had not met any of the other um, crew or production team um, prior to flying out to in India. Yeah, was like, so was Asia your first? Asia was your first series. It was my first series. I'm like, yeah. right, they just said, "Here's the here's the tickets. Here's your script. Here's here's your cool sheet. See you we later. Booked you in at, we booked you in at Nomad. Get your shots. Wait, what? And we'll see you there. By the I way, don't, don't drink anything out of the tap. <laughs> when I you get to the airport, plane. when you get to the airport, and you're like, uh, am I am I meant to recognise who's telling me to come over to them, or what's going on, or are they going to get me to the hotel? And I, I hope at some point in the next twelve hours, someone's going to knock on my door and go, "Hi, I know it's me from the, like, oh great, okay." <laughs> yeah, like, no, it can be. It must be that guy with the giant camera. Let me follow him. Let me like, <laughs> <laughs> hope hope it's him and not just a cray cray tourist. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Let, let, let's let's be honest. Um, even if you didn't know the the people you needed to find, if you bumped into a uh, long time all over the place cameraman and sound guy G and Nat, wow. you would uh, wow. you, you would be able to spot them in a crowd. You know, the, the first time I met Nat, I sat next to him on a plane. That's the first time. First time really? Yeah, Did bro. you really like? How long into that into that flight were you like? Oh, we're going to the same thing. Like you're no, doing no, no, no. I, I I like I just met him like at the check in desk. Right, but okay. then I was yeah. sitting next to him. <laughs> I I I I absolutely adore on them. One day. <laughs> oh, one day. One day we'll do it all over the place special. I'll get those two on. Say, he's a legend and yeah. the legend oh, yeah. speaks for itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But basically, it, for listeners, if you're thinking like how, what sort of fortitude and, and and restraint and drive must you have to make all over the place and basically be the two individuals filming and recording sound on it for nearly ten years? Mm. What what level of sort of tolerance of each other and the world you must have? It's like oh, wow. no, ain't that you just employ an incredibly stoic, very wise cameraman mm. uh, and an uh, absolutely loco. <laughs> Chris, let me tell you, those two have been through wars together. They've oh, like, that, when I, I mean, talk literally. about relationships that have gone up and down and through the ringer, 
that's yeah. one of the relationships I think about. I'm like, yeah, the, yeah. That, that, that relationship there. <laughs> They've been through everything. If something <laughs> awaits us on the other side of this mortal plane and you are reunited with your loved ones for some form of eternal stay, I, I think both of their respective partners will be surprised when they're paired up with each other instead. <laughs> it's like, well, they're, they're obviously the married couple here, right? It's they like, are. they must be. They've they been are. through so much together. So much. And it really, I mean, I've always respected Ed because, like, I, I, when I started in CBBC presentation and started doing live TV, he mm. was my, he was my, um, he was my double act, you know, um, partner. He, he was oh, my, is it? Uh, I my didn't know mentor. That. Yeah, he, I, he did a return trip as Ed and out show with Warwick for yeah. Christmas, and then Warwick went off to make mongrels, and Ed needed a human partner, wow. and it was us two. And I was, I was like. Oh, I feel wow. really, really sort of pressured here because, like, I know this guy and the cactus, and I know there are going to be some people going, "Why is the cactus a weird northern dude now? What's going on?" <laughs> so, but Ed, Ed made me feel. Ed, I mean, there are people on our forum and on our Discord for the for this podcast that still joke like, "Yeah, but you killed out Joe." <laughs> like, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. Um, he's fine. He's just turned into a dog with big ears and a Cockney accent. But I um. I you know I I still respect Ed a lot because of those mm. days because he, he you know I learned a lot from him, um, but it almost doubled after I did my cover block for all over the place because I was like, wow, you really are just steering on camera. Obviously, it takes the team, yeah. but like you really are just steering this ship. Like I've never had to keep up that level of energy under that continuous level of changing circumstance before. Oh, the circumstances are... Ma- Chris, let, let me tell you, I just remember <laughs> at one point filming in 40 degree heat, everyone's sweating like crazy, sweating so much that it's coming through on the on the shirt, on the camera. We can't, we can't roll. I, I know sweating through his thing. <laughs> yeah, we've got to do this interview because this guy's got to leave in like two minutes yeah. and the translator's got to go to the next place to translate someone else. <laughs> yeah yeah just i know you gotta stop sweating oh. i can't stop sweating 40 degrees we're just standing extra levels what well, that year in india like our shoots were 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 like almost simultaneous around that time and that was the year where it was the hottest summer on record in indian yeah. history i was like oh my god i prepared yeah. for that by getting a, a number four buzz cut all over my head before nice. going out because i thought I'll do that. I'll stay cool. It'll be fine. I wear lots of, you know, long, long, sh- long sleeved, like linen shirts and stuff, you know, just stay really cool. I'll be fine. And still halfway through it, you're getting buzzed by Newsround saying they want you to record a bit to play on Newsround about how you two are suffering in this heat. <laughs> uh, we're going to send it back to Newsround in Salford. And we're like, oh, great. Cheers. 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 An extra 20 minutes doing that. <laughs> like instead of going and standing in the shade. Oh, Cheers, guys. It's, but it, it, like in terms of what that show demanded from me, like mm. I will always have like memories that will last me a lifetime. Every time people talk mm. about every time like I talk about going to a different country, I always talk about going to a different country with all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> I've been yeah. to many countries without all over the place, but <laughs> the best stories I have are with on shoot. <laughs> we all over the place and some of the I mean the main events oh main events like what do you say to people like oh you know I've been I've been to uh, yeah I've, I've been to um, what do you call it like uh, Berlin you have yeah yeah took part in the hipster cup <laughs> what that, yeah yeah uh huh yeah. sorry what 
Oh, India. Yeah, I went to Mount Abu. Yeah, it's a beautiful place. Top of the mountains. It's amazing. Like at the foothills of the Himalayas. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. It's incredible. I uh, nearly fell off a pedalo into a 150-foot <laughs> deep lake. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like... I can't, I can't tell these stories like oh, anywhere no. without people going. Oh, no. Wait, what? No, no. Hey, you, when you, you yourself went up there, like a tiger, it was different what? To when, when I went there, <laughs> <laughs> it's just—it's like I—I I feel like I have to top it now. The, the oh. first time I travelled far after the last all over the place shoot I did, I went and got married like while I was abroad. Like, <laughs> let's do I've got to come on. Let's do I've got to like top it. Next time I go abroad, I've got to be like, right, okay, so we're gonna have a second wedding, and I'm gonna bungee jump off of the top of that building. <laughs> like, it's—it's. It, all over the place. You, once, you, once you've gone IOTP, you can't yeah. go back to normal travel. You, you it can't. You, it's different. It's so different. I, but that, that was the exciting thing, though, because every day was going to bring something new. You knew that you were waking up at the crack of dawn, wh whichever country you was in, and yeah. like, today's going to be a madness. Make sure you fill yeah. up on, with some nice breakfast so you've got energy. Yes. Get them fruits yes. in there. Yeah, get the vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> stock up on all the stuff your body needs yeah. right now but also double check there's gonna be a toilet break in the first oh, six hours because yeah. yeah. uh sometimes oh God, i mean how many what would you say is the record for how many items you shot in a day because i think i managed three one time like oh, well, i say i it was the whole I, team I but have, you know i have no idea but all i'm gonna say is i just remember <laughs> one day involved us me getting my sh my my chest shaved on indian tv then yes. getting painted all over my body and mm -hmm. then dancing yeah. in the street, again, 40 degree heat, for six yeah. hours in a mask with a pinhole so I can't even see anything. I couldn't find the crew. The crew got lost. I got lost. And all <laughs> I, and I was dancing nonstop for six hours until the sun set. Yeah. I was like, just keep yeah. dancing. They'll find me. <laughs> They'll eventually find me. They'll find me. In the middle of a massive street festival. They've managed to clip a mic into the inside of the mask. I'll just occasionally whisper and say to Nat, Hundreds of thousands of people, Chris. I'm over when by I the big blue flag. I remember, I remember watching that, going out and be like, oh my God. I'll give you a tip. I'll give you a tip. If you ever want to minimise the amount of events that you're involved in in a travel show... Uh, that involve the incredibly difficult or exposing kind of elements. Yeah. Uh, just put put on a few pounds. Uh, I've never had a. Well, actually, no. I tell you, I've had at least one topless event in all over the place. I had just the one, and it was it? in a pool, so I didn't have to. You I know, what I mean, had quite it's a like few topless Because uh, <laughs> as much as much as all over the place, absolutely wants to represent. Uh, you know, everybody in terms of the presenters, so that viewers of all ages can see themselves on screen. They're still a little bit like maybe let's. Like you're you're sort of you're sort of like naturally a big big guy. You're not like Jack Black cartoon tummy big guy. So we're not gonna shave your chest, Chris, and paint you up like a tiger and throw you out into the middle of the street. <laughs> you're lucky though, <laughs> dude. I was I was given an interview I thank you, while I thank you, a Greg. guy with a razor <laughs> next to my nipple shaving the head. I'm, I'm, I'm like, can we stop the interview while my guy's doing his thing? Because like. <laughs> There's cameras in my face. I 
don't even know which channel is this from. What channel are you? Where's this going to be broadcast? Did you find in India, like one of the unique things about India is in terms of uh, uh, like per- personal space and, and like communal approach, mm. uh, it's seen as incredibly polite to be really interested yes. in, in what somebody's up to, which is like a really wonderfully positive way yeah, to go about your life. Everybody just comes walking right up to you to your face. It's like, right, what's going on? <laughs> which is a person yeah which is a personal experience is like that's inspirational but also i'm not used to it so it's a bit of a shock and also it happened numerous times for us whilst filming mm. so takes would be interrupted by a gentleman just coming straight up and be like Standing hi in what, what are you working on today and you're like i mean i was working <laughs> um I was in the middle of talking to that that thing that guy's holding that's got a big red light on it. Chris, you see, see the really that's angry. How I got into really the angry. Situ- that's how I got into the situation with my ch- with my getting shaved on camera. It wasn't it just came to over. Be it was like, hey, <laughs> CBBC was not filming. The camera was off. The camera like, was off. Hi, it was another TV network. They just saw, oh, this guy's getting his his chest shaved. This is this have to go out on the news. Come on. <laughs> And when you've got hardly any clothes on, you can't carry like an agency card or anything and be like, you've got to talk to them. Before you can broadcast it, you've got to get their permission. Cut us in like, a little bit. Who's this random black guy with sunglasses on I'm thinking he's cool getting his chest shaved? Let's film him. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're also trying to like go over the song you need to learn for the 5 a.m. Oh get God. up the next morning. Oh, my days. It's I, the amount I've of prep on that show. so hard. Like, I've worked on TV shows where we had to do a lot. Like Johnny and I, I mean, I mean th- we had to do tons in a day. Uh, but Schedule like Diddy TV, Diddy TV being rigged into green yeah, screen stuff yeah, and Diddy like TV crammed same. into that. Like you, you're going to work on a, on a lot of things that are heavy, but I don't think people quite get that all over the place. You I, I, start I, your day <laughs> with like 50, 60 pages of script yep. and at least two items filmed in a day. At yep. least that's, including the amount of travel Outside, to the next place interacting with with different cultures and you have no idea where you are in the world at most times yeah you just don't the general vicinity <laughs> i know which just, country i'm in that's that's it yeah i'm vaguely aware of where i am right now but if you don't mind i've got a skit where we've got to talk about the first ever camera uh, and I need to get into my Victorian outfit and stand on that bridge. Uh, we've got yeah. 10 minutes to film it before we lose the light. So, uh... <laughs> bye yeah, everyone. Uh, Sorry, gotta, guys gotta says gotta it's going to rain in like five minutes. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, sorted. Just... Uh, I'd love to take yourself <laughs> with you, but <laughs> I really would. But as you can see, I'm only dressed from the waist up right now because I'm getting out of. I'm I'm getting out of my main event costume and putting on my Professor Snape outfit for a potion sketch we're gonna do in this spice market. So uh, I'll I'll see you later. Love I mean it. the ble- the blessing of it is the writing was always like if it was either if it was not on point it was always like malleable and adaptable enough that you could yeah. cater it to your style. Yeah. And and which meant that it felt quite freeing once you were just unleashed into an area. Mm. Um, but the songs as well, Richie Webb. Oh. Oh yeah, he's a legend. Oh, the songs on that show. He's a legend that in, in the game. Doesn't it always feel weird when you go and do the uh, the dubs I always for the recording. Tunes. I feel so bad. I'd like, dude. Like, oh no! When I was practicing no, this song in the mirror when at, at home, it, I sounded decent going along with your guide. But now that I'm here with a professional microphone and I'm singing, and you're listening to me butcher your song that you spent no, so long. No, 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 no. No, he, he especially. 
especially when he works with presenters, he sort of gets used to each series. He gets used to everyone's kind of like like yeah. range and, and pitch and things like that. Um, which uh, I'd sort of. I sort of cursed myself slightly on because like I did all of the place Europe series one and he went like, you can, you can sort of carry a tune and, and do this, that and the other with your voice. And I was like, Oh yeah, no, I, I, I trained, yeah. like, I trained a yeah. uh, trained singer. <laughs> and he was like, Oh, okay. So for Europe series two, Asia series one and Asia series two, I was suddenly doing harmonies for other tracks <laughs> that I wasn't involved in. <laughs> I was like, Oh, while you're here, can I just get you to sing this, this and that? I was like, yeah, yeah. And he was like, okay, cheers. And then I'd watch the series go out and go, Oh, that's me. <laughs> oh, that's me. Because he, because he do the harmonies. <laughs> he did. Because <laughs> he do the harmonies on the tracks, but he obviously wanted to bump them up with different voices, so it didn't sound like it was just the same voice all the time. Oh and I was just like, oh, okay, I guess I'm doing this. But, but <laughs> what was great about working for him is like his balance. And again, he's like yourself when it comes to approaching material aimed at family audiences. Like it never feels like you're being bashed with facts in mm. those songs, despite the fact they are laden with laden, trivia. Yeah. They are full of them. And he, he, I guess he perfected that on uh, Ed Nacho Hor- and, and Hor- the Horrible, Horrible Histories in particular. Yeah. Um, so you've got that, but also it was an excuse as, uh, for us lot months after finishing to finally kind of see what we did. Yeah, that's always. I'd be nice. like, oh, look at that, and yeah, I, I can, I can still never quite believe seeing myself. <laughs> <laughs> on camera in these really amazing locations i can never quite get over it because you don't soak it in entirely in the moment yeah i working. almost want the rushes just like yeah. <laughs> stuff that they didn't use can i you know that bit when i'm standing on the mountain looking out and the sun's setting there and uh, and i'm doing this wicked dance you use it in a song for like two seconds can i have the fall <laughs> we did we did it, for, it was like 10 minutes i just want to i just want to make it my screensaver yeah, all right for when i'm, I'm when feeling really miserable i could just look at it and go Oh yeah, that's pretty sweet. Um, you've done a fair bit of mocap as well. Yeah, done a little bit. Um, I've I- been uh, trained by like a legend, like uh, Neil Newborn. He he's like an amazing mocap guy. Does like, a lot for um for AAA sort of big yeah, tiles and like yeah. basically every AAA game. He's in there in some in some capacity. Like any big in, game in a, in a ping pong ball suit. Just yeah. And the thing around. is, is I guess even more than voiceover, you you don't get recognized like um. Voiceover artists, they get <clears throat> they get more uh, recognized nowadays for the work that they've done in terms of like animations and uh, welcome to the internet. Things. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to the internet. Um, before the and internet, ju- like people with I had no idea who did the voices for any of these things. Yeah, I, I mean, because it sort of kicked off with uh, I don't know if you've seen it. If you've not, I'll try and I'll try and get it to you in some way because it's uh, I I know what, that ooh, voice. What is it? What are you pointing to? There's a DVD just over there. I'm just inst- see. This is the weirdest thing about doing this on Skype. I'm pointing at something that you can't see, thinking you can see it, and the listeners don't know what you're talking about either. So there's a thing over there. Yeah, but like, yeah, they use their imagination. Uh, so there's a there's a documentary called "I Know That Voice" that um, John oh, DiMaggio right. put together. Uh, to, you know, the listeners will know him as like Jake the Dog, oh. Bender from Futurama. Like he's you know legend of the game. Um, that kind of. It came out round about the start of, of Twitter really getting behind voice artists and discovering okay. them a bit more in like 2011, 2012. Because like nowadays, like you say, animation voiceover, suddenly mm. people know who Rob Paulson is. They know yeah. who Phil Lamar is. They know who Tara Strong is. Mm. Um, you know, the, the day the day oh, Maurice Lamarche followed me on Twitter is the most I've ever like fanned out of oh, something. Is it? I was like, oh my God, <laughs> Maurice Lamarche followed me on Twitter. Um, but like video games, again, it's it's becoming more yeah. prominent. Like, you know, your Laura Bailey's, like, your uh, Sandra Sard's, your, your mm. you know, Nolan North's. People are starting to learn Indeed. who it is they're, they're playing as. Absolutely. Um, I think you would love it. 
Have you ever done motion capture before? I've never done mocap. I've I've mo-cap? applied. I've applied for some in the northwest, but it, it's it's less and less up here at the minute. Um, uh, yeah. There's a bit well, in the northeast. It's, it's, st- it's still a new industry in terms of you got to remember, like motion capture has only been used in like film and games. What in the last twenty years? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. really. Like, in its full-on infancy, in, in yeah, sort of two thousand, super young. Like, it's, it's why it's why it's why you see young listeners. We we old timers go on about Gollum so much. It isn't because we're all old and weird. It's because mm. that was like the first prominent example of that in media, and yep. we were blown away by it. Mm. And now every character you play as in a game has likely been through some performance capture to get those little subtleties, to get yeah. those motions. Well, go, um, going back to like Neil, Neil is like he's he's obviously a trained actor, uh, but he's also trained in multiple different martial uh, martial arts. Uh, he's a gymnast as well, and that and that kind of helps in terms of performance capture. In terms of being able to do multiple things, allows you to kind of work in multiple different ways. Because then it means uh, you're able to, I guess, gain roles purely for your abilities rather than what you look like, what you sound like. It's more about what you can actually do, your skill set, uh, which is, there's not that many mediums like that. <laughs> I guess acting no, is it's, all it's, about. It's basically, it's basically that and voice acting, yeah. where you're free to, to puppeteering to an extent, but you know, even yeah. then, they're still limited to the to the medium. So, like as a voice actor, you've you've racked up a fair few uh, credits, and 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 of course, like doing you know um, links and 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 and, but basically. Every time I turn on a YouTube video at the moment, as this is going out, mm. there's a 90% chance that your voice is going to be coming out of an advert, <laughs> playing at the start of it. <laughs> uh, I have a cute little animal staring at yeah, me through the screen. Like, that's I. That's I now. That's I now. But that that in turn is a really freeing medium, uh, as you say. Oh, love it. Um, well, to be fair, though, how do you? The, the issue is, Chris. I've played more animals than I have people. <laughs> Hey, let me, let me play hey, a person. Hey, it's it's worked for Frank Welker, it all right? Is, like, let's you know. Sorry, it's you for Frank me a question. I completely into it. No, sorry. This this is pure. This is purely for me. Sorry, listeners. This is purely for no, me. No, no, carry um, on. <laughs> uh, how do you how do you find uh, balancing the voice industry, in particular, in animation and narration, adverts and everything, in the UK? Uh, how how do you like juggle that particular facet of your your career because in the uk like you say it's still kind of it's not it's not where it is in la it's not a big industry it's sort of just it's a it's just a a, you know like a concurrent one it's running Mm. but you you you've you've really carved the niche for yourself like what 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 skill set do you think you've got to bring to that world over here in voice or or like voice and mocap and things like that um, just, well, just uh, vo- voice prominently, but yeah, voice. I, I kinda... it's, it's voice is a tough one. Uh, the voice of the industry is even harder to get in than the acting one. Like it feels that way. I I, I think it is as well. Uh, there's a higher bar- barrier to kind of get in in voiceover, mainly because the best way to the only way to make your voice sound as good as it can do is with decent equipment. Uh, you can like you can have a fantastic voice, but if the equipment you're using isn't um, showcasing it in its best ab- best ability, then <laughs> it's like, yeah. it, it means nothing. Uh, and so, like, already there's a higher barrier to entry because audio equipment and things like that is crazy expensive. It's like, oh, uh, even software, like, 
like right right now I'm I'm recording uh the audio on a piece of software that cost me like three hundred pounds and and I'm like I know I've never paid three hundred pounds for any software. Like if I see if I see an app for more than ninety nine p in the in the app store, I'm like, nah, it ain't worth it. <laughs> I've never I've never paid three hundred pound for like a piece of furniture. You never see what mind I'm software. Yeah. <laughs> but 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 I guess those kind of things they they eventually pay for themselves because in terms of the quality they bring you and your mm. career, it it kind of balances itself out and it's like actually that was worth it because that then led to me getting this gig, which then paid for for that particular thing and and some and whatnot and so like the, the the voiceover industry is a tough one because i hate saying you have to have this and you have to have that in order to kind of get into things because ultimately i believe you if you've got the skill set that's that's good enough that's how I, what i believe if you're if you've got the skill set and you fit the brief and what they're looking for and you can deliver on that then what, why do you need all these other frivolous kind of things to kind of enable that but um sadly the in the way the industry is set up is you have to number one you got to know the right people which is i hate industries like that that's there's one bane i hate about uh tv and film is if you don't know the right people then there's talented people and and people that are really skillful at at what they do that get locked out and they don't get yeah. the opportunities that they deserve and that's one of my pet hates. Oh, I will. I, oh, I, I'm steaming when I see that happen. Whenever yeah. I see someone that is incredibly talented uh, and they either quit what they're doing or they give up on it because they can't financially kind of support uh, still going in that direction and they have to change tack or they have to change the direction in which their life is going. Like, oh, oh it irks me inside. It's like, Ugh! because I know yeah. that like, that, like, for one, they're probably more talented than I am. And two, um, the industry has lost someone that could have brought something brand new and unique to it that has now been yeah. lost because they didn't have the prerequisites that for some reason you guys require in order for them to kind of play the game. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a really long-winded way of answering your question. I think I answered it. But like in terms of, in terms of like voiceover <laughs> and how I kind of do it, uh, and um, yeah. is I've always I've always been interested in VO from when I was young. I used to have like a tape deck. I used to just like put a cassette tape in there, press record and play. And then me and my brothers used to just do silly stories and voices and things like that. So I've always had an interest, but I, I could never get in. Um, I, there was never a way for me to kind of get into the industry to do it professionally, as I've always wanted to do. I've grown up all my life watching animations, cartoons, Play, all, growing up all my life playing video games only recently video games has had like voiceover or at least decent voiceover <laughs> back in the day it used to just be who's <laughs> available in the canteen for a couple hours you could have turned into a jill sandwich like <laughs> we're past exactly. that now, now we're past been, that like, now. one of the biggest like <laughs> video game series of all time with like with terrible acting like that but still <laughs> it's like it's it, i guess what it is is it's such a new arena uh, and because it's new, people are still scrambling. The people that are already there, they're laughing because basically they've got all the they've got all the things that they need to be there. Uh, they know all the right people, uh, and so when it comes to like a role being dished out, they're like, "Oh yeah, I mean, as 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 fantastic Nolan North is and Troy Baker, it's like well, we gotta get these guys in because they sound fantastic in every game they've been in." And, <laughs> and so and so it's it, it almost gets offered to a plate to them, which, which obviously they have to work hard and and don't get me wrong. They're very talented people, but uh, we're looking what, for a, a Booker Dewitt 
hype. Let's get the Book of DeWitt guy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, sure. But I know what you mean. It's it's <laughs> like it, it, it's 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 very it's very exclusive. Like uh, as an industry, times. So it's about it's about believing in yourself, investing in yourself. Yes, invest in your skill set and your career, mm. uh, and also you have to kind of put yourself out there in any form you can. So at the minute, um, I'd love to do way more video games and things like that. Like I've I've been in quite a few video games, which is great, and I'm very thankful for. Uh, I would like to be in a hell of a lot more, and the only way for me to kind of get my name out there is what I'm doing at the minute. I'm creating my own video game. I'm just like, you know what? I'm gonna show you how it's done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so like I'm gonna make my own video game. I'm gonna voice it myself. How about that? And then so so what I'm, what I'm doing at the minute is I'm making my own game. Uh, I'm voicing it, uh, and then also with some other talented people that I know, like they've helped me out as well. Uh, and I'm and I'm putting it out there, and I'm putting out the process of me working on it, putting it out like uh, the trailers so people can see me working on uh, like what how far we've got so far. And off the back of that, that's actually gained me uh, more notoriety in terms of people in the industry. And it's also gained me opportunities as well. There's a few opportunities that's come off the back of people just seeing the development of the game. And then also uh, how I sound in it. And like, oh, actually, actually, that's a voice that I'd like to have uh, in my game, for example. And that's, and I guess, uh, it's, 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 it's. there's so many factors. There's so many factors at play. One of them is casting directors, though, they don't know everyone and they can't know everyone. Uh, and it's, I guess it's like, it's that kind of Rolodex thing where it's like, you're more likely to kind of recommend someone in your phone book that you know and you've worked with than someone you have no idea who they are. And I guess that's how the industry has kind of worked so far because it's such a new industry. All right, well, I've worked with this person so far and they've been fantastic. So, I'll recommend them to so-and-so because they're looking for someone. And it's like, great. Uh, rather than go out there, hunt for someone completely brand new, new talent and, and stuff like that. That's scary. No one wants to put their their, their, their job on the line to, for that. And I, I, I feel like I'm... Up. No, no, no. Seriously, I'm getting tongue-tied a bit, but it's, it's, it's something I'm passionate it, it, about. Sorry. It's an industry that works, but it doesn't always like it doesn't always work the the exact way no. that we we believe it to. No. And sometimes you have to create your own avenues, and that's very indicative of, of pretty much every story well you've put. told us in this podcast. Because you've you've taken you've seen opportunities, you've seen gaps in a market, you've seen audiences not being catered to, you've seen jobs you like, and you've gone, I can't quite get that. What if I make that happen? I mean, even right down to the first thing we talked about, you and Johnny had to share a stage because there wasn't enough room. So you were like, well, let's turn this into the show. Um, I think it speaks very, it speaks very clearly, and very highly of, 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 of your, your drive to be like, not. yeah, well, you, you see a problem and you go, or we could do this. Oh, you yeah. see, you see something that's not quite working. You go, let's try it this way. It speaks a lot to your perseverance and and thank you, dude. The, ent- it won't the entertainment. Last I'll get old and bitter. Well- soon, don't worry. <laughs> oh, it'll happen. It will happen. <laughs> but I'm glad I got you on mic before it did. Uh, it's, the entertainment. It's, it's what I was saying, like, I don't want to leave on a sour note in terms of like the voiceover industry because it is no, 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 at all. It's, it's industry to yeah. be a part of. I, I just, I'm just very aware. It's incredibly tricksy, even for someone who. I feel like I'm in it, but I'm not in it. I feel like I've got like my foot's in the door, but someone keeps slamming the door on my foot. And I'd like rather <laughs> you're, than you're trying to hold it, it open, but you put a slipper on, you're not wearing your boots, yeah, and you're like, ow, I haven't got, I haven't ow. got like the hard, <laughs> I ain't got the steel toe, steel cap shoes on. I like, I, 
so you've broken a little toe and you're like, really ah. feeling. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I haven't even got socks on. No. I haven't even got socks. Barefoot. I'm barefoot. <laughs> and they're slamming I'm my foot in the door. I'm barefoot in it. All right. <laughs> That's how far I feel like I'm in the, the VO industry. Um, but saying that, um, one of the, the one of the things that can work in anyone's favor that anyone can do uh, is be professional. That's at number one. As be as professional as you can. Be a nice person, which goes without saying. But like in terms of getting work, uh, I've gained work from just being like a generally pleasant person to work with. I think anyway. Um, in regards to, I've seen some. I've worked with some very difficult people in my time. And like the stuff that gets said about them when they're not around, I was like, I would not want that to be me. Yeah. I would not want me yeah. to be spreading these stories about me around. And all those things like, can work in your benefit. Uh, and also showcase as much as you can, man, please. There's so many people yeah. out there that are incredibly talented, very skillful at, at what, whatever they are that, that they, they can do. And they're shying away from pointing it out there for fear of, oh, you know, I don't want to seem like egotistical or big headed. No, if you aren't going to, if you aren't going to, if you are not going to shine for yourself, who's going to shine for you? You have to shine the brightest. You have to, you have to be your number one fan. Everyone else is second to you. <laughs> you've got, you've basically got to approach life like Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> Just you be like. believe. I'm going to create the most influential musical of the last four decades. And just to finish off, I'm going to put myself in it. Yes! Yes! <laughs> I'm going to do this. But I'm going to be really cute and cuddly and not a brat about it. So, you, you know. Ha you have to. Right? Like, if, if there's anything I leave this podcast with, like, I've in thoroughly enjoyed my time in, in uh, children's TV. And that's mainly because, I like, in a not big-headed way. I don't, uh, even if it does come off big-headed, I believed in in what I could do and what I could bring to the table, and yeah. that, and that and I believe that's brought me to a lot of places where I am today. It's mainly because yeah. that belief I had in myself, I pushed it out there so much so. Other people be like, yeah, I think he, he, he can, yeah, he can do that. <laughs> Was it important? Like like I said, you approached everything with that confidence and that ingenuity, and gone just gone for it. You and that's have to, it's an important. Thing. As I said, I hate it when I see people with so talented at things and they they just don't tell anyone and it's hidden. And then when you find out that, <laughs> whoa, you're an absolutely fantastic artist. And how did, have I not seen any of your artwork or anything that you've done? Oh, well, you know, I don't really share I just, it's you know, like... it's not really, I just, you know, people probably won't like it. It's like, what are you no, even you just used the word probably. And like, that means there's a possibility. Put it out there and see Put the opposite. Put it out there. Well, Speaking of people putting it out there, we end, as always, here out of the group cupboard with uh, with questions from the Discord. People submit questions in for guests. Uh, so the lovely patrons got a busy. Uh, Chewy Moore asked a question earlier on in the thing about recognition. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll be honest, you kind of answered it with the, hey, are you Johnny in an NIL show? It's like, no, I'm, I'm one of them. But uh, he also asked, uh, one of the dangers of working for the BBC in particular is you tend to bump into well-known people. He put dangers in scare quotes. Oh, okay. uh, do you have any fun fun stories about someone who's surprised, in the best way, of course, with you how nice they are? So the the the, the times when you've maybe bumped into someone at an event and be like, oh, thank God, I thought that was going to end in a really bad way. Oh, you know what? Let me, all right, let me think about that. You might have to go to no, another question right. because I've got loads of stories about people that weren't nice. But <laughs> oh. I'm going to think of ones that are people were real nice uh, like oh 
Oh, I'm trying to think. Was there, were, there any, were there any pleasant surprises? Just sort of like, oh my God, I didn't expect to see such a body sitting in the canteen today. Oh, oh just bumping sell... into them. Yeah, any, any like those. Because, I mean, yeah, we've. I think we've all got a few stories of, oh, man, that guy was uh, a bit of an arsehole. Craig David is probably one of the <laughs> nicest people I've ever met. Yeah, did you meet him at Virgin Radio? Yeah. Craig David is probably him, yeah. like, Oh, was this children's TV related? Oh, at the BBC, innit? You're right. Oh, you're oh right. BBC too, but, but I, I remember, right, I remember you, right. po- you and Johnny posting a selfie with Craig David like what, was about oh. three years ago now, and I was just like, okay, I've got to admit, the, the like late kid, early teen in me is looking at this photo and going, God, I'm so jealous. Hey, d- dude, God, I'm, I'm so jealous. So glad that I, I, no, I, no, I'm not glad, but I <laughs> wish I had my beanie hat that day. I didn't have it. I wish I had my beanie hat to put my beanie hat on. And I was like, dude, can we recreate your... I never, never mind. Just me, just me. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. I'm there with you. I'm there with you. I'll come back to that question. I, I, I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm thinking of someone. I've just got. Ooh, I, I brewing. just keep thinking of all these other stories. I'm like, oh no. It's brewing. Uh, we'll stick it with CBBC uh, made stuff. This is uh, on PS3. Aiden, lovely Aiden says, What was it like getting a show on CBBC? If you could sum up that moment where it was like, All right, the Johnny Ninel show, it's happening. What you was that like? I'd have to say it was probably one of the best moments of my life getting a phone call saying you've got a tv show um obviously like what i thought that meant was completely different to what the reality was but like (laughs) it's still it's still that kind of wait yeah i I was at a you're commissioning uh, my show i was at a i was at a bar (laughs) well slash venue do it having a meeting with the venue about potentially putting some shows on there uh for kinetic comedy uh, we were we were in discussion. We just had the meeting. The meeting just uh, was coming to an end. Got fo- getting a phone call from uh, my producer, and I was like, "Oh, okay. Let me, guys. Can I just take this." And she's like, "No, but guess what? <laughs> You've got it. You got it." And I was like, "Yeah!" I was in the bar, like, "Yeah!" <laughs> I wanted to do that thing where drinks on me, but then I was like, "Well, I ain't got paid yet, so." Yeah, and also, <laughs> also, it's, it's it's not. It's like they probably know someone who is ve- like the venue, yeah. so they well, could probably yeah, get I the drink. Meet with a manager, so how about you chat yeah. to him? So. Drinks on you. Yeah, him. <laughs> You're happy for me, right? Yeah. And and another bottle of water for the table, please. <laughs> Tap. <laughs> if, I, if I see a single bubble hey, in that jug hey, be mm. <laughs> Rebecca Rebecca says what are your favourite memories of working for CBBC oh some of my favourites so that, could, that could be across all, all the shows and, and all the, all oh, the stuff doing like Scotland, big events and seeing people like you uh, oh, oh, you're just saying that because like I'd great. slipped you a five no, round no it Venmo. is because like you like when you're making a show for CBBC, you don't necessarily see anyone else from CBBC. Uh, you're just like yeah. in your own kind of bubble doing your thing, uh, especially with us, because like our first series, we wasn't even uh, we wasn't even in Media City. We was uh, we was in the Northern Quarter, I think it was. I can't remember. What are you I talking about? There. What are you talking about? The title sequence showed me Media City in yeah. animation. Are you it's saying lies. that was a fake lies, Media bro. City? It's lies. <laughs> we was in Media City for one day. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the series is done in an over quarter. <laughs> well, at least you got better lunches. But yeah, no, so. no, meeting people like you is it was always fantastic. Sam and Mark, like, like we gate crashed their show and they were cool with it. And it was like, it's like, because they were having like a stressful record. You can tell. You know, when, you know, there's some days mm. where everyone's stressed. 
everything's going wrong. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, Johnny and I nail busting with a camera crew. Yo, yo, what's going on, Salama? <laughs> Live Woodis is there and everything. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> and they were, they, they were cool. And they were cool. And you could tell them, the, Jesus is fuming. It's like, right, you got, you lot got two minutes to do whatever you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever this is, you better hurry up because yeah. we've got a VT of a parent getting pied to play. Hurry up. Come on. Just like, all right, okay. But okay, yeah, no, like, one of the best things was like just meeting the other CBBC family members, like you, Ian Sterling, Sam, and Mark, uh, like kind of getting to work with everybody. Uh, was is is amazing because like you're you, I only knew you guys from watching the t- the shows that you did like <laughs> outside of that I didn't really know you guys until I got to kind of work with you so like getting to work with you guys was probably uh, one of my favorite memories I'd say oh bless you I know I know if if anyone from the BBC is listening they're gonna they're gonna be very happy with that answer because they'll be like yes it's one it's one big happy family isn't it it's like, yeah 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 uh, I'm still chasing at least two invoices anyway uh, so. <laughs> Big happy family. If you could pay me for those two things. Thanks. Um, So, (laughs) Chris Wood, uh, and he shall, says, uh, I'd like to ask one of my usual questions. Inel, making child-friendly content, have you ever got it wrong and said something you shouldn't? Any fruity language slipped out or not so double entendre? And did you get into trouble? No. We we were good. (laughs) Let me me just say... (laughs) When me and Johnny got our TV show, we came in to the BBC at a turbulent time. <laughs> I won't say what was going on in 2012. Yeah. But there were yeah, some, uh... some things going down in 2012. Mm. So, a lot of things were being examined and re-examined at that yeah. time. So yes. when it came to everything, Johnny, Everything was under any kind of microscope they got micro magnifying yeah. glass they could get hold of. Yeah. A lot of scrutiny at the Everything at the was going down, yeah. Chris. And they were—they just let two brothers have their own TV show. They, they were like, "We're not letting. We're, we're gonna micromanage the hell out it's of like, this." I, it's weird. I just went. I just went to take a dump, and there was someone with a clipboard outside who asked me what I did in there, and yeah. how long I took, and yeah. am I consistent? Um, it's like, yeah, that's not. You also don't think not about it. Don't think about they it. They needed to examine. <laughs> Just get back into makeup. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, we've been, we've been. I, to my knowledge, I don't think we've ever said anything out of place uh, on in broadcast or live in terms of kids. Uh, we've been around people that have, uh, but they were not associated <laughs> with us. But like in terms of yeah. uh, me and Johnny ever saying anything on, nope, no, we 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 I'd- we were trained. I think I was gonna say that'd be the live that'd be the live comedy mind. Like you've yeah. already you can put that filter on, it becomes automatic. Yeah. It's I, always I there. You know, it's, it's always there, but it's like, nah, it's not yeah. the time. <laughs> There's a common question you get asked, like doing sort of kids TV stuff. People say, like, oh, have you ever they like, you know, sworn when you weren't meant to? And it's like, well, probably, but not when it counted and mm. not when anyone was around to be upset. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> like, because you you just sort of put on that filter the same way you do when you're like yeah. visiting, you know, nieces and nephews and stuff. Like, you you you, yeah. you tone it's, it yeah, down, you, you rein yeah, it, you it in. It I guess it, like that having a teaching background as well. It's like like you don't swear in school. You don't like. like I was around a lot of students and uh, people of that age, and so it meant that that filter was always there anyway. So I was quite mm-hmm. fortunate. So I did I didn't bump into any of those issues. 
Uh, speaking of potential issues, this is uh, that's a the scary way to start a question, isn't it? Uh, Lovely Laws, it's not scary, it's not scary. Lovely Laws asks, uh, you you stream on Twitch, and uh, I know a lot of people who follow me on Twitch uh, absolutely know about you, Inelius, on oh, Twitch, thanks, uh, because you have the greatest greeting ever for any raids that come over. <laughs> um like just it's it is a proper rush of just like the good stuff whenever that happens i'm like i'm wrapping up the stream but i'm now going to stick around for five minutes because i know that inel's about to make my day here we go right um but uh laws asks like uh has streaming like doing live stream stuff and and adult comedy in venues like you know doing stand-up and stuff has that ever impacted your work in kids media and family entertainment uh so has yeah, there ever been like some kind of bounce I, I, back? Probably, <laughs> probably. <laughs> there's, there's not enough. Basically, there's not enough hours in the day to do everything. Uh, and I guess mm. uh, one of the, I guess I wouldn't say it's not really a downside, but one of the things of having uh, different skill sets, I guess, is you can't always use them all the time in the ways in which you want to. Uh, there's some things yeah. you just have to put on the back burner because you're doing this uh, and. And I guess it, the benefit it, the benefit of people that have a few, fewer skills is they're a lot more focused in what they want, a lot more focused in the direction that they're going because like this is my skill set. They complement each other. Like, boom, we're heading in this direction. And I guess uh, working in, uh, being a teacher, working in uh, schools, uh, being an actor, co- comedian, broadcaster, live streamer, voice actor, it, it's like... It, it's great that I can do those things, but at the same time, it, it means that I'm less... F- uh, it means that I can't do all of them at the same time. And and obviously, people would want me to do more of this. Other people would want me to do more of that, and I can't. And, I'm, and you're always uh, conscious of the time in which you have. And so my thing has always been to work a lot smarter rather than harder. Like, like I used to be one of those people that just work hard all the time, right? Because I can do all these things, I I must do all these things all the time. Ah! And, and, and then like go on overdrive and like work like at one hundred and ten percent, burning the candle at both ends. And it's like, no, that's not what to do. And so like, so that <laughs> in the last couple of years, I've been like been more focused on being a bit smarter with what, how I'm working and what and the things I'm doing, the things I'm agreeing to do, uh, and mm. and. It's paying off in a way. I'm not working as much, but then things are working better for me in terms of my career. Like, like yeah. from how I'm gauging things, the things are working a lot better. I'm working less. I'm not working as hard as I was, but I'm still working hard. Just in in the being more strategic with what yeah. I'm doing with my time. Um, does that answer it? That was a great. No, great it absolutely of- does. It absolutely does because it, it's very indicative of freelance uh, of, yes. of like being a performer working because like, obviously you know you're sometimes Is employed in a, in a way yeah, yeah you, you, you'll have people to answer to producers or agencies or things yeah. like that but at the end of the day you are in charge of where you're going and, yes. and where you can go um That's so exactly, no yeah, yeah. it's, no, it's uh, you've hit the nail on the head chris because literally i wanted I, i've i've come from a hustler mentality basically like <laughs> <laughs> you only get what what you work h- hard to get and so like my mum always taught me that and so my thing was like i gotta pay, pay these bills like, i don't know when the, i don't know how yeah if, if, I, I have no idea when the next thing is coming in my emails i might have to do this yeah <laughs> if this ain't working i might have to do that and then that's, yeah. that's how i picked up all these skills oh god the the the, the, the hustle 
turning into a juggle yep. can be really difficult. But yeah. like, if you can make it work, you can make it work. And hey, yeah. I, I imagine amongst everything that, that happens, the Twitch is probably almost a... And I know I find this like when I am busy, Twitch is like a, a bit of breath of fresh air slightly. Because once is, again, yeah. you're in your pilot seat and you're like, oh, I've done that thing for them. I've done that thing for them. This is for me. Let's sit down and all hang out and, the, and play future, this game. It's the future of live streaming. Not necessarily the platform of Twitch, but in terms of live streaming in general, is definitely mm-hmm. the future of content creation and, and interactivity with audiences uh, and scheduled viewing as well. Um, like there's it's more visual radio. That, yeah, there's more people that probably know your schedule and my schedule than ITVs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, I get they know that. when Chris is going live. They don't know what's happening on a Thursday night on at eight eight o'clock on ITV two though. They don't know. When when can I catch Corey? I've got no idea, but I can tell you immediately in this sentence where I can see the Tuesday Twitch tune in. <laughs> there you go. Like there it is. There you like, go. It's branded. <laughs> <laughs> A <laughs> uh, couple more, couple more quizzes. Uh Connor Gilmore says, "How intensive was the filming schedule for the Johnny Ninell show? With you playing so many characters in different sketches, and how did that compare to the schedule of shows like oh, All did. Over the Place, for example?" Oh, it, it was just as harsh. <laughs> to be fair, the good thing about the Johnny Ninell show prepared me for All Over the Place because I knew what hard working was like in TV doing that yeah. show, and then when going over to All Over the Place, I was like. Okay, I can see what this is. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we were f- we were shooting a lot of things on Johnny Ninell. We were shooting way more than we you normally would for a TV show in a day. Um, basically, I think we were just over budget. And so to counteract that, we just had to film more in less time. Um, and... Um, We've given you this amount because again, that's a, for those who don't know, budgets can work like that. You'll be given a proposed amount for a project, for a series. Mm. And if you don't spend all that money... And you get picked up again, you don't necessarily get given that money again for the second go around. Nope. You'll get given much less. And and again, that's not money going toward the individual. That's money going toward the production, mm-hmm. uh, toward employing as many people as possible so that the job can be done well and and you know, not half arsed. And mm. that there's absolutely merit in being a self-shooter, but you don't want to uh, hire somebody on say a sketch show and make them be three roles in one day yeah. for a third of the pay of the work they're doing so you yep. don't want to lose the money like and yeah so as a result yeah. you, t- you find that you're making more stuff than <laughs> will ever be seen oh, yeah. did you did you guys end up in that um sort of bosom as it were like the, the period of uh we've got to make a bunch of stuff for the website we've got to make a bunch of stuff for online so we when you're not filming this were, you're going to also film we this. were trying to champion this maybe this is news i don't know we were trying no, to go, cha- go. at the time cbbc didn't have any social presence in terms of like twitter instagram anything like that they didn't even have an app uh, and when and when when i remember me and johnny being in the in the meetings with the with the, with the execs and saying yo like, Johnny and I know is a sketch show, isn't it? Comedy sketches live and die on each individual sketch. We need to get these sketches out individually. As much as we love it as a TV yeah. show, like, if there's a particular sketch that they love, let's say they love the Blondie, one of the Blondie sketches, right? Mm. Me playing a character called Blondie, like, teenage girl in a big blonde wig, and she's, like, very sassy. I was like, if they love, like, a sketch like that, what ideally, what we want to happen is either uh, when the show goes out, we immediately put these sketches online, on YouTube, on socials. So if there was a particular one that they liked, they can share it with their friends and say, yo, yep. like, I, 
I didn't like the other sketches, but this one I liked. And so people can pick with what they liked about the show rather yeah. than loving the entire show as a whole because not everyone's going to love it. It's a comedy sketch show. It's hit and miss with a lot of people. Uh, they were like, Option nah. to playlist it as well. Yeah. They and, were like, and, no. And, yeah. you, it's like, you can't even, even have a, a, a Twitter. You're not even a loud one. You're not even Again, a loud I th- YouTube. Again, I think... I think it was because of the time. I think it was because of around the time of production. Uh, Since 2010, when I I first started working at a presentation, I was saying, why doesn't CBBC have a Twitter? Mm. They were like, well, it's not aimed at our audience. I was like, no, I know that. But even if you're not going to use it beyond basic promotion, you've got it. Mm. So then you can put stuff out. Like CBBC have one called CBBC CBBC Grown Ups. CBBC was thriving. Mm. CBBC was doing big stuff. You know, it, it's it's absolutely smashing it. And I'm not accusing anyone of anything, because of course I'm not. But I left presentation in 2016. Suddenly they've got a lot of social media. I'm not saying I spent six years Dude, saying get social media, we guys. Were, we were singing and then the it happened after I left. We were singing the same song. You were doing the harmonies. I heard you. <laughs> <laughs> but you're absolutely right. You were looking at the SNL model. We like were, they, yeah, they do a show model, and the next day, yep. every sketch is on their YouTube channel. Uh, the Key to, and Peele model as well. Key and Peele. Like Key and Peele. Oh, that's how I discovered that because, show over here. Yeah, yeah. They discovered it because there's... Some sketches went viral. Not all yeah. of their sketches were fantastic. A lot of them were where I really liked them too. But some I of mean, them were hit and miss as a sketch. It would happen with a sketch show. But some went viral because they were, there was something special about them. And they were shareable because Comedy Central would individually put each sketch online so people can watch them. And then obviously, it's not going to stop people from watching the show. People are going to want to watch no. the show because of the sketch. It's, yeah. it, it's, you, it, you, you see one particular sketch and you go oh when's it on yeah. go on I'll watch it I'll watch you it put the Saturday time end. and the date at the end of the sketch boom they, they can go watch yeah. the rest of them uh, that's how I discovered Key and Peele because it was the yeah. exact same thing they it was the Gremlins 2 a, sketch they didn't see it as a, as a plus <laughs> they saw it as a minus they were like we can't we shouldn't be uh, well the age in which you should be using Twitter was 12 at the time I think it was uh, and I think it still is. I think it's, I you think still got to be 12, yeah, 13 like, to, we're not, to access. We're not supposed to be catering to people under those ages, and so therefore mm. we can't do those things. What we can do is put them on the CBBC website, and then, yeah, the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we just leave it there. But yeah, <laughs> that was a long way, long-winded way of answering that one. But yeah, that, that one opened some wounds. Who, who asked that question? <laughs> Uh, that was uh, Connor. Connor, what is... Come on, Connor. Connor. Come on. You knew what you were doing, Connor. You knew what you were doing. <laughs> you were aware. You were aware. Um, <laughs> you, heard, you heard Chris you, you knew what this meant, Connor. It for a long time. <laughs> um, and, and finally, back to back to Chewie's question. Is there is there a celeb encounter? Through, I mean, I guess through the B, we've sort of gone, oh, thank God, I thought they were going to be an arsehole, and they weren't. I never thought they were going to be... An ass, <laughs> but Ori was really nice meeting him. Oh, he's lovely, isn't he? Yeah, he's lovely. I met him at a Ori's an absolute diamond party. I think, yeah, it was a CBC he, party. I knew of him. Yeah, I didn't know any much about him. And then the way he greeted us, like me and Johnny walked in at the same time. Ah, there they are. He was like the first person to greet us when we walked into the party. There's a lot of people in the party. He was the first one. It's like, yeah, I was guy, guys, wanted to meet you, that sort of thing. And like since from from meeting him, I was like, oh yeah, this guy is real nice, man. He's been nice to me ever since. I ain't seen him much, but 
he's a busy man if he's if he's not if he's not sneaking in presenting here and there he's been whisked off to do theater when it's you know yeah, up and running yeah. nowadays he's yeah but i i you know a testament to ori aduba exactly the same like my first week at cbbc ever he was news round we were on the same floor like two doors apart and within week one like he was one of the people who really made me feel comfortable and at home yeah, so he's yeah, yeah. I'd say so basically, I'd, yeah, I put him up there. Uh, Sam and Mark as well. Both boys are yeah, uh, lovely, lovely boys, fellas. man. Uh, always been welcoming and accommodating to to me and Johnny. Like every time we see each other, it's always love and and last. We have so much fun. Like the four of us together is is it deserved its own TV show. <laughs> right, you heard that. If there's any indies out there right now listening. <laughs> There is a hole, there is a gap in the market that needs filling. <laughs> and it's Sam and Inel and Mark and Johnny. <laughs> oh, we'll work it out. Oh, oh, we was on a day show one time. Prostatin. Was it North Wales? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Absolutely insane. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Was it, was it, was this, uh, was this in your face? It was like a segment for day one. It was like a challenge. It was like yeah, um, we had to like pretend to be other people. Was it that one? No, this was one oh. where we had to go to a holiday park and perform a song in front of a holiday park. Right. Uh, okay. By, yeah. I know get, by um, creating a song about the area we was in. Um, yeah. <laughs> using things we could f- uh, find or buy. With I think it was like fifty quid was the the how much money we had. With 50 quid, we had to buy like instruments and whatnot and and create a song and get back in dances and whatnot. It was like, it was insane. And for Staten, if you've never been there, it's, it's uh, yeah. 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 That was probably one of the funniest days. I was like, this is, I felt like I was in Twin Peaks or something. It felt, I was, this is so surreal. And we're going to this holiday park. This was this is during term time. We was like, how was this holiday park so fun? People should be at school. <laughs> what are they all doing Why here? There's so many kids here. <laughs> Why does this dorm room look like it's from Camp Crystal Lake? What's happening? <laughs> oh, just. Oh my. Oh God. my gosh. You go out and look out into the audience. <laughs> there's one woman breastfeeding. There's another lady. Just <laughs> what is? <laughs> <laughs> And rolling. Take it away, boys. So, <laughs> so if we could turn that into a show, then uh, then oh. someone please get on that. Um, I know. Thank you so much for uh, no for joining worries, me dude. here in the in the in the far off land of your own office. Um, no, thank you for thank having you. me, Chris, and, no, and thank you to you and the community <laughs> as well. And may I say, it's it's a pleasure being on this, and also a pleasure knowing you as well, Chris, because you're absolutely oh. a star. Ever since I seen oh. you, you be shining. I was like, this guy is so good. Look at him. He's like, oh. He's, he's improvising. He's doing these things. He knows the script. He knows, they didn't even give him the script. He knows the script. <laughs> and I was like, look at this. This guy's professional. I wanted to be like you growing up. Oh, wait. What? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, ta- I take it the fiver arrived in your Venmo then. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much, man. Oh, bless you. <laughs> This week's
minutes out of the broom cupboard starred Inel Tomlinson as my special guest. The show is hosted, produced, and edited by Chris Johnson. That's me. Music is Break Time by Incompetech Kevin McLeod. Please see the description for more details. If you wish to support the show and receive early access to episodes as well as numerous other perks, including Discord server allowance, head to patreon.com slash OOTBC. See you next time.